What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey episode number 143 presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am super stoked for 2024. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller and he hates 2024 already. Frank, how you doing? It's all right. It's been a good year so far. I don't hate the year. 2024 is going to be a great year. Better than last year. Hell yeah. That's what I like to hear. Frank, when I do this intro... I, I don't plan it just whatever pops in my head in that exact moment. Mm-hmm. And in my exact moment, you looked like you were kind of pissed off to be here in 2024. Have you ever heard of Larry David? Uh-huh. Larry David, of course, is a genius man in a lot of people's eyes. He curb your enthusiasm, Seinfeld, he's responsible for all of it. Um, according to him, January 3rd is the last day that you can wish people happy new year. Is that correct in your opinion? I think he nailed it on the head. <laughs> like if I saw somebody I haven't seen since the new year today, I'd say happy new year. Probably. Yeah. I don't what think I tomorrow? Wait tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, Frank. That is so funny. Oh Am my right? God. Am I right though? Like uh, I, I think so. I always thought like you got about a week. But I actually think sometimes it lingers on a little too long. Like, sometimes, I January... sometimes I feel weird saying it on the second and the third. Nah, see, I don't. I did the other day for somebody I didn't see on New Year's. Yeah, I thought it was, thought it was fine. Uh, yeah, I I get it, I, and I would too. It just sometimes it feels weird. It's like okay, we're in the new year, people get it. No, I get it, but like January seventh. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's like, all right, it's been a week already. You don't need yeah. to say Happy New Year. Yeah, say Happy New Week. Exactly. Thank, Thank you for you, the Tom. well wishes. Thank you, Skokes. Happy New Year, Skokes. Last day I'm allowed to say it to you, according to Frankie and Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I always, I do find it kind of funny people wishing each other Happy New Year, even at the New Year. Just like, oh, the calendar flipped to 2024. We all have to wish each other well. I actually wish Happy New Year the day before. Like when we were by our cousin, I was we were wishing I was wishing people Happy New Year when I saw them. Like, hey, Happy New Year. I told I I don't think it's weird. I you're gonna this might sound weird to you. When I leave Christmas parties and I know I'm not gonna see them again, I say Happy New Year. Or yeah, if I'm at like the store, I'll say and have a happy new year because you're not gonna see them. Yeah, and like at on Christmas, when we were leaving, and Christmas was like over, over, um, I say Happy New Year as I'm heading out. It's like a polite thing to say to me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I get what Tom's saying. He gives it till January 6th or 7th, the epiphany. Um, that's when a lot of people start taking down their Christmas decorations, too. You know, some people like to get it done first weekend or first off day they have available. Um, I like to let it linger, the Christmas decorations. I'll actually let the Christmas decorations linger longer than me saying Happy New Year. Yeah, I but, would too. You know, now that we're into January, I start thinking about the NHL playoffs and all the great things that come in April with March Madness and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, a- April with March Madness. I know that sounds weird. But the best part of March Madness is the first weekend, which is in March, and then the last weekend, which is firmly in April. It's closer to May than March at that point. Um, I am super stoked for all of it. I think about late in the spring when we're watching the frozen four and it's right around Joey's birthday, Frank, and we set up those TVs in the garage. That was just unreal. That will be happening again in all, in my estimation, uh, the frozen four, 
the March Madness, the Stanley Cup playoffs, a little bit of warmer weather as time moves on here. Haven't had a big snowstorm yet here in Illinois. And now that we're in January and Christmas is over, I'm kind of like, I'm already over the first snowfall, even though we haven't really had a true snowfall. I think we're getting hit hard next week, though. That's kind of the is that what prediction. They're saying? What they're saying. Now, the Doppler models are all different, and they all look at uh, five to seven days. If I weren't in this space, weather would have been my thing. I truly believe that. So I'm pretty balls deep in it. Um, some of the readings are always different five to ten days ahead of time. Right now, though, a lot of the models think that by late next week, there could be like that big snowstorm. But it's too early in advance for me to be like, oh, yeah, get your cars ready. Get your this ready. Make sure you pass. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And we might not have a show in time for me to get there. Um, but we'll see. It should be fun. And you know what? Hockey's in a great spot right now, and I'm ready to talk about it in period number one. Welcome to period number one. Frank, we were treated to a couple treats over the last couple days. We're going to get to some of these tasty, sweet, delicious treats um, over the last handful of days. There was a good treat last night, though. ESPN Plus, John Bucigras, Ryan Callahan. They had the Sid versus Ovi game. This game had a lot more punch you in the face maybe five, six years ago. But I'll tell you what, Frank, I sat down and watched it yesterday, and it kind of felt like old times. Both teams are in the playoff race. Both teams are surprisingly in the playoff race. I don't, I'm not positive either of them make it. I certainly am not sure both of them make it. But they're in the race, and they will be in the race all season long. Even if they fall just short, they're bubble teams. And you know what? Good for the game. Happy for Sid. Happy for Ovi. They both scored power play goals. What are your thoughts on this matchup here in the year of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 2024? Well, you have two of the best players who have been terrorizing the NHL for the past two decades, heading into their 67th game against one another yesterday. Just think about that for a second. Their 67th meeting it's almost a full season of them just playing one another. And maybe, like you might have expected, Crosby's gotten the better of Ovechkin over those 67 games. Now, through 66 games, going into the game yesterday, you would expect Crosby has had more points. They've had more wins, given Pittsburgh's success over the past decade and a half, two decades, more than the Capitals have. However, Ovechkin has more goals between the two against one another, which is something you've also probably would have expected, um, and more shots on goal of that nature. But the 67th meeting between the two legends went to Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. But like you said, boy, was it a treat. Crosby had a power play goal and an assist, and Ovechkin also had a power play goal. Anything you could do, I could do better. Both players contributed in the game. That's what you like to see in a matchup like this. The game started out extremely hot. Five goal first period, two goals in the second period, and then it was just good defense from there. But nonetheless, uh, Washington and Ovechkin, they got the better of uh, Crosby and the Penguins this time around. Will we see a full 82-game season of them played against each other? No. I would say no. It's, like, probably not going to happen. It could. It could if the record lingers. If that's If Ovi's goal record lingers. Oh. If that lingers, then it could. If he signs a one-year deal and he needs 15 goals or 10 goals, you know, in 2027 or whatever, then, yeah, I could, like, theoretically get close. 
Um, I, you also don't know how um, realignment might come into play if they expand again. That's true. Will that make Pittsburgh and because another thing, yesterday Ovi scored his 40th career goal against the Penguins. They became the tenth team he scored forty against. It's not, but like I would have thought for sure he already reached forty again. But then you think back to the years. Crosby and Ovechkin haven't been division rivals their entire career. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Capitals were part of that Southeast division before realignment, and the Penguins were in the uh, Atlantic at the time. I think it was the Devils, Penguins, Flyers, Rangers, Islanders. It was a five-team division the two Pennsylvania teams and the three New York area teams. Well, so the Penguins kind of had a slow start on playing Ovechkin a lot. I bet those other 10 teams, the Panthers, the Lightning, the Bruins, you know, some of these other teams that were in the division uh, back in the day with Ovi um, and then moved over to the Metro with him. Um, Carolina, I would guarantee, is on that list. Um, So I don't know. Yeah, the, the Flyers probably just because they stunk for a lot of it, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They only recently are in that division with Ovi. But yeah, if the record lingers, then yeah, I think he might get there. But I, I don't. Fifteen more there. games. Yeah, that's a lot they, of games. They play four a season, and like I was gonna say, if they realign again, like let's say Atlanta comes in and they boot somebody out of the Eastern Conference, and they move, that could affect how many times you play each other. It could be three times instead of four. You know, I don't know. There's all sorts of things that could go into this. If it stayed at four a year, that's only four more years, though. So it's possible. Yeah. I think. Health, though, you got to take into consideration. Health. And then if he breaks the record, like, let's say he gets back on, like, he really looks like he has the last week, three goals in six games. He continues Mm -hmm. that pace the rest of the season, ends the year with 25 goals, 30 goals. Right. Um, Then he's at eight. Then he's at 850 and he needs 40 something more. He could get that in two more years. He yeah. probably retires once it's done. Um, if it lingers, he finishes this year with 20. Next year he gets 20. Then he's at then he's at like I was saying, he's at like 860. Mm-hmm. He needs 30 something more. Then he probably needs another 20. Then he comes back another year for that extra 50. Then he could get close. But I don't know. I'm still all in that he absolutely like the shot is still there. I'm I'm glad Skokes is jumping on the train with me. Yeah, you guys are both gonna be crying and he. I'm and starting hog. to pull others in. I like this. Let's pull He's as got, many. People I in. mean, where was Skokes when he went on an 11 game goalless streak? He's got three goals in his last six games, and now you're saying it? Come on, Skokes. It's all right. Skokes is a smart man. Skokes, Skokes will soon like Ovechkin. They play the Devils tonight. Guaranteed hat trick. <laughs> like I'm just telling you, dude. He, he's feeling good about his game. The Capitals are good. I I still think they could do him a service by like going to trade for like a centerman that will really feed him the puck, and that'll just be all what they're about. But the power play is going again in Washington. They finally got back above 10%. I mean, nasty how bad it was early in the season. He's moving his legs. Kuznetsov, I thought, played a great game yesterday. He's usually like one of those guys I consider like a sloth. Like either you're going to get 100% effort or he's going to look like he doesn't want to be there. Last mm-hmm. night, he looked like he wanted to be there. Um, I've loved this Capitals-Penguins matchup. Sidney Crosby tied Jumbo for the most points ever, 12th most all-time. Um, 
he he's really on a run. I hope he gets to second place. And there's two things I'm pulling for. I want Crosby to be second place in points with a 2,000. It's there's an outside chance, and I want Ovechkin to break the goal record. I've been on these things for a while now. Um, Sydney is looking as good as I've ever seen a 36 year old look. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not going to say he looks as good as he ever has, but he almost looks as good as he ever has in the goal scoring department. You know, he's scoring a lot of goals. That was his 21st goal of the season. He's on pace for 47 goals. That would be the second most he ever scored in his career. That's crazy. That's crazy what Sydney's doing. And now that Ovechkin's kind of back on track and scoring goals again, what a treat this matchup was. I love seeing them both get power play goals. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just so cool. Um, they'll play each other again. I'm not sure they'll ever play each other in the playoffs again, but when the Crosby and Ovechkin have matched up in the playoffs, the winner has gone on to win the Stanley Cup all four times. That's crazy. It's been a monumental matchup in the NHL over the last handful of years. And another monumental matchup that we've been enjoying lately has been the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Over the weekend, I guess it was technically Monday, but it was over the New Year's uh, celebration. The Winter Classic took place at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, Washington, where the Seattle Kraken hosted the Vegas Golden Knights. Frank, you're a Mariners guy on the baseball shows, and you're a Golden Knights guy when they're not playing the Blackhawks on this show. Um, take me through your thoughts on what you were thinking going into the game, during the game, and after the game. So, obviously, besides any of the Blackhawks' four Winter Classics, this was the Winter Classic I was looking forward to the most. Like, you nailed it on the head. You got the Knights, who are my second favorite team, and you got the Kraken, who I also really like, and I have I have Kraken gear. So, if I have gear for a team, I must really like the team if I'm going to spend money or have other people spend money to get me stuff. And they're playing at T-Mobile Ballpark where the Mariners play. Like, you, you nailed it on the head. Like, this w Winter Classic couldn't be more my style. Unfortunately, though, it was definitely more on the boring, boring side of things, I would have to say. We said it from the beginning. In any big marketed games that are one and done, you throw any records out the window. It's a one and done. Anything could happen. Big atmosphere, a lot of emotions. Throw the records out the window. The Kraken proved our point. However, there were also never big any big moments that happened. I mean, you had big saves by both goaltenders. The Seattle crowd was loving it, obviously. But you didn't have a back and forth, one, two blows. They weren't throwing haymakers. Like, once Seattle had the lead, it was basically all them for the rest of the game. We didn't have those moments of jumping off the couch because Vegas had a chance to tie it up on the power play or tie it late of anything of that nature. But, you know, it was it was fun nonetheless because I love outdoor games. I love the classicness of it, no pun intended. But I still enjoyed it. It just was more on the boring side. It just, you know, I was just hoping that we got more of a treat like we did in the both college football games we got. Yeah, it wasn't really – once Seattle had a 2 nothing lead. And Vegas, I'll say this. Vegas pushed at the end of the second. And I remember saying when the second period ended, watch out for Vegas in the third. They really ended the second strong. Um, and it never happened in the third period. Seattle got that third goal, and they ended up taking the 3 nothing shutout. It's the first shutout in the history of the Winter Classic. Um, credit to Seattle. They are firmly in the race again. Um, crap start to the season, but looking at the standings right now, Frank, they're 15, 14, and nine, a lot of loser points. Yep. I mean, nine overtime losses this early too. They're barely over NHL 500, but they're well over, 
um, you know, points 500. Mm-hmm. Um, they got 39 points in 38 games. That's, you know, how you stay in the race is collecting points. It might be BS in a lot of people's minds, but they've lost nine games. Now, think about if they won half of those. Let's say they were 20-14-4. and four. That would be five more points. That would be 44 points. They would be one point behind the Kings for third place in the Pacific Division. Crazy. you got to find ways. And you know what? Part of that, to me, the teams that are the best in three-on-three are not always the best overall teams. And sometimes the teams that are the worst teams in three-on-three are not the worst overall teams. The teams that are good in three-on-three are the ones that are fast, creative, and skillful. The New Jersey Devils hardly lose in overtime. I think they've lost once in overtime, um, once in a shootout. I could actually fact-check that right now. Yes, they've lost once in a shootout and once in overtime. They've won like five games in overtime. When you got the Jack Hughes and the Jesper Brad and you know Nico Heischer, Luke Hughes, Timo Meyer, all these guys – that's how you secure big wins in overtime. The Kraken, they don't have like these games. Like they win a nice team game. They 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 get good goaltending, four check hard. They have many Ben years who's good, but they're they don't strike me as like this fast, supremely talented team in terms of offensive high end ability. Sometimes those teams struggle in overtime. Um I don't know. But the Kraken, they're still firmly in the race. They are one point. Uh, they're tied with the Edmonton Oilers for one point behind the Arizona Coyotes for the last um, wild card spot. Um, pretty much, I, I, Nashville's kind of pulling ahead with that last wild card spot. It kind of seems to me like Edmonton, Arizona, Seattle, St. Louis, and then Calgary and Minnesota have an outside chance at that last wild card spot. The rest yes. of it kind of seems to be falling into place. I think uh, Seattle's going to take a push here. And make a playoffs. I do. Me too. I, I, I think they I don't know if they make it. They're gonna I be think, they're gonna give a push though. I think they might make it. We'll see though. Because I think part of me does think Nashville falls off. And part of me like thinks like, oh, Arizona, they might fall off too. But Arizona, they just keep finding ways to win. They have the least amount of games played out of all these teams we've named, and they're in the mix. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They they keep finding ways to like prove everybody wrong. Seattle's goal differential is um, suspect. A- out of all these teams, Edmonton has the best goal differential, and they have the highest firepower. So they kind of give me the most hope. I know I cooked them back in November. I was wrong. And you know what? I should have learned my lesson from two years ago. Because you remember your first full season on the show, Edmonton got off to a real bad start, mm-hmm. and they fired Todd McClellan, and they hired um, yep. Jay Woodcroft, and then they went on another run. And they kind of did the exact – I don't think the start was as tough as it was this year. Um, but, I mean, just absolutely insanity. Um, but, yeah, the Winter Classic, I thought the scenery was real good. I like what they did with the fish and with Marshawn Lynch was a big part of the whole thing. Um, they didn't shove Macklemore down our throats like I thought they were going to, which is <laughs> kind of nice. Kind of nice. I like Macklemore, but every time something's in Seattle, they shove him down our throat. I don't get it. He's, it's like he's not the only famous person to come from the great state of Washington. Like, stop pushing Macklemore. Down. We didn't see any Mariners players time. either. No Mariners players. I thought we'd see at least one. Like I thought for sure. But like jo- Joey Decord had all the Mariners greats on his goaltender's mask, and it helped him get a shutout. Unless they were shown when we just weren't paying attention at some point. 
Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, I feel like I was paying attention. During um, intermission, though, or something? Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, but hey, the Winter Classic was fun, nonetheless. They still haven't announced next year's, though. I expected to talk about next year's. Um, what would you make it? Well, here's what I'm thinking, okay? If we're talking about, like, what makes sense for the networks, we all know, like, the rumors, Detroit and Columbus at the shoe, do Michigan-Ohio State themed. That, that's cool. I would be a little bit of a homer in this situation, though. If I was making it for network sake, you know, Bedard's a big marketing guy in the NHL right now. They love they love marketing him on ESPN. They want he's going to have his big game. They will have a Winter Classic soon. I, I could guarantee that. So if I was making it, I'd do something like Blackhawks Blue Jackets, and like you have Bedard versus Fantilli, or you do whoever drafts Celebrini. But I don't know if they're going to wait that long to announce the Winter Classic. Um, you could even do like Blackhawks versus Oilers to symbolize the future of the NHL market. Bedard, Connor Bedard versus Connor McDavid. And it falls in 2025. You're like a quarter of a century. You have that like milestone mark year that you could do that on and be like the future is now or something like that. But if you hold off and you don't put, you say you just don't do the Blackhawks this year, you definitely make them for the 2026 winter classic and you have them play the New York Rangers. Because, first of all, they've never played each other in an outdoor game. Second of all, their original six matchup. And third of all, it'll be both their 100th centennial seasons in the NHL. That would be a huge matchup. I think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be Blackhawks-Rangers 2026. But any of those matchups I said for the networks. Now, if I'm going pure entertainment and you want old-style bloodbath-type feel, do like Hawks-Dallas and do like old-school rivalry North Stars vibes. I think that'd be pretty cool. But then again, like for my own personal pleasure, which I know this is never going to happen, I do Blackhawks-Golden Knights. But Golden Knights aren't going to go back-to-back. And that matchup's just never going to happen because there's no point of having them play each other right now. I could see that happening in a stadium series, Blackhawks, Golden Knights. Um, there's just no point, though. There's no uh, rivalry. There's like there's nothing to go off of. You have, was you there a rivalry, have... Washington, Blackhawks? You mean Seattle? No, oh, Washington, Blackhawks? The Capitals played the Blackhawks in the 2014 Winter Classic, 2015, whatever it was. No, but you got Ovechkin versus like you got the best team versus the best player type vibe with Blackhawks Golden Knights. Maybe. I don't know. I, I like that idea. I think you could get your wish one day. I really do. But yeah, I know I spewed out a lot of information there, but yeah, there's a lot of potential matchups for this year and next year. I love the Hawks Rangers next year, 2026 or two years, I should say. Dude, if you're looking for a centennial match, it's got to be Hawks Wings. I don't think it'll be Detroit's 100th season. I, it absolutely will be. Are you sure? I'm almost positive Detroit is. The but Rangers, that happened already. Not in a winter class? Oh, yeah, it has. But there yeah. have been multiple matches. The Flyers have played the Penguins twice. I, I You got to do Detroit, dude. Get these Rangers out of my face. Rangers. You just want me all decked out in Blackhawks gear on a winter classic. That's what you want. You want pictures with me and all decked out in Blackhawks stuff. Uh, playing the stinky they, Rangers. I don't know. I think Rangers more marketable. Yeah. Like right right at that point. 
I like your years. The Hawks would be even better. Like, I like your idea, but give me Hawks Detroit to celebrate the 100th. Yeah, we've seen give it. Give me. We've seen it. Frank, we've seen the Hawks rivals like five anymore. times. We've seen the Hawks in it like five times. Don't give me that we've seen it. Four bullshit. times. Four times. And then, Okay, and don't give me that we've seen it nonsense and then bring up the Blackhawks, okay? Like, I want the Hawks in it, too. I want the Hawks in it, too, but I'm not over here saying we've seen it. We've seen it to other things. We've seen Hawks Detroit. We need something fresh. We've seen seen Hawks Bruins. Hawks Detroit. Let's get another original six. I mean, that logic is like, let's get teams that have never played in the Winter Classic before. Let's get freaking Florida and Colorado. They're not going to do that right now. No, I know. I know. It's stupid. But I love Michigan, Ohio State. I hope that's next. I want, I mean, Michigan, Ohio State is a rivalry built on real war. Like there was almost Civil War II over the battle of who gets Toledo between Michigan and Ohio State or Michigan and Ohio as as actual states. Obviously, Ohio, Ohio won that, but Michigan, Ohio State derives from that actual political confrontation and i hope they bring it to hockey put put the blue jackets in red jerseys and put the red wings in yellow jerseys or maize or whatever the hell they call it um that would be so sick those two places you play it at the shoe it would probably come close to breaking 2014's record for the most people to ever attend an nhl game because the shoe is just slightly smaller than the big house oh my god would that be insanity so I, I want to address something. Tom says wings are original six, so it must be their hundredth also. It is their hundredth, but it doesn't mean just because they're original six that it's their hundredth season. Because the Bruins, didn't they already have their centennial season? They're in, their, they're in it right now. Right. And they're in their, they were original six too, and they're in their hundredth season. And the Leafs and Habs already celebrated theirs. Exactly. So it doesn't, just because it's an original six doesn't mean. They're not technically the original six. Right, it started. They were founded. The Bruins were founded in 1924. The Hawks, Red Wings were, and Rangers were founded in 1926. And I think there was an Ottawa team that disbanded. I think the New York Americans disbanded. There were a couple teams. The original six are they're the six oldest teams of the active teams. Um, I, 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 I like the idea. I, I just get the Rangers out of my face. I'm so they're gonna be stinky nah. by 2026. Riding me the whole show. Hawks, no Rangers shots. Would be a good Hawks, Rangers. Get that out of here. It would Hawks though. Wings. It makes the most sense. Hawks wings. I'll buy a Blackhawks jersey. I'll be all on your whack. Give me Hawks wings. If you want me on your, well, you'll get me on your side if it's Hawks Rangers too. And you know that. That's why you're being a little snake. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Give me, um, give me. Ohio State, Michigan. I want Columbus versus Detroit so bad. I would pick that over any matchup right now. I've been dreaming of that for years. Why do you think they're waiting to say? This is weird. Oh, I don't know. Is there something planned? No. No, like, do we have something like, are we not thinking of something on why they're waiting? No. The Olympics. They're waiting for Celebrini to be But there there, there will be a, no, 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 no. We'll know by the draft lottery. Bedard Celebrini? I would like a California Winter Classic because I think there's a chance. I'm looking at the league standings. You know, there's a good chance he goes to California. Hear me out on this. What about Vancouver, Chicago? Old time rivalry. And Bedard, Bedard is from Vancouver. That's his boyhood team. And 
I don't care what anybody says. His little 18-year-old punk ass still roots for them when they're not playing the Devils. I just know it. <laughs> I just know it. Or when they're playing the Hawks, I mean. When they're not playing the Hawks, he's rooting for freaking Vancouver. Uh, he, he he just talks so highly of them still. He talks about how much he hates Brad Marshall. That love just doesn't go away. I know. If I was I, a hockey player, I'd still like the Hawks if I didn't play for them. 100%. I've heard George Kittle on the 49ers talk about how much he still loves Dub Bears. He still calls them Dub Bears. Yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes, you know, this doesn't apply to everybody. Some people are like robots once they become professionals and stuff. But there every now and then I still see that like hockey love in Bedard. Yeah, I think Vancouver, Chicago would be a real good matchup. Um, I like Buffalo, Toronto as a winter classic matchup one day. Um, Minnesota, Dallas, the old North Stars versus the new North Stars, I think would be really, really good. I, I always think two, cool. two, yeah. Cana- two Canadian teams, um, uh, they always do that for the Heritage Classic. Though. I feel like the Winter Classic is always going to involve at least one American team. Yeah, There are examples of American versus Canadian. In the Winter Classic, the Bruins played the Habs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Leafs played the Wings. Um, you know, there's all sorts of It'll never examples. be two Canadian teams. I don't think it'll be two Canadian class. teams. Because yeah. of the Heritage Classic. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also think if Atlanta comes in and you do Atlanta-Carolina one year, you know, that's like a real, like, well, you could theme that around the SEC, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could theme that around. There are all sorts of ways you can, like, make this a spectacle. I would love to see if I were to put the Rangers, I would love to see them play like the Kings. Let's get this LA New York thing going. Um Blackhawks Rangers would really annoy me. That would really just Why? really that annoy would be me. So cool. Because like if you put the Blackhawks in again, you have to have it be like a sick, meaningful matchup. Not the Rangers. That is meaningful. The Rangers. Hunter season by season. Yeah. They shouldn't even be getting an outdoor game this year. And, and like, the Rangers always get outdoor. It only what, makes sense. They're not allowed to host them, though. Why? That's a rule at Madison Square Garden. Playing at Madison Square Garden has to be their home rink. They are the road team in every outdoor game they've ever played. Look well, it yeah, up. Yeah, it would be here somewhere. So, like, where in Chicago do you do it? Do you go back to Wrigley? Probably, right? Um, Soldier Field. Would they ever go to Guaranteed Rate Field? I don't think so. Probably not. It sucks because that's one. that one actually has a parking lot. They could tailgate and but do isn't all sorts the, of like cool it's a newer stadium though, right? Don't they yeah. like to go old school? They like to for do the like most part classic winter classic. Yeah. yeah, for the most part. I don't know, dude. I freaking hope it's something cool going forward. Give me Ohio State, Michigan next year, Detroit, uh, Columbus. But you might. Here's the thing, though. They're not going to put Detroit back to back. Now that I think about it. And in my scenario of doing Detroit Columbus next year and then Detroit Hawks the following year, that just wouldn't happen. But there are other teams. What about if they don't do Detroit, Ohio State, Michigan ever? What about Chicago Columbus? Fantillion Bedard. That'd be cool. That's what I said. Yeah. It was like the first thing I said. That'd be real cool. What about what about Philly, New Jersey? In the coming year. I mean, that's yeah. a stadium series this year. I was going to say, I think that, right, that's a stadium. Uh, I think the Devils. They wouldn't have the stadium series this year and then next year do the Winter Classic. Yeah. The, I could see the Devils getting a Winter Classic in the coming years, though. I could, too. Um, They've never played in the Winter Classic. Devils and. Hurricanes would be a good one. 
Capitals. Penguins. Penguins. I was just going to say that. That would be really, really interesting. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Frank, tough times for the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> bad, bad, bad things going on in Minnesota. For those of you who don't know, um, they've dealt with so many injuries. In fact, working on an article right now, I'm actually going to pull that up as my reference point for how many injuries they have. Last night against the Calgary Flames, they did not have Marcus Foligno, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, Philip Gustafson, or Jonas Brodin. They were missing two of their three best, or their best forward, two of their five best forwards, their number one goalie, and one of their top defensemen. I not shocked that things are struggling for them lately. Um, they kind of were starting to get hot a little bit after firing their coach, and then it kind of tailed off again. And, you know, they are where they are in the standings. They're still very much in the race. They're an outside bubble team. They're currently 16, 16, and 4. Mm -hmm. um, they're four points out of the last wild card spot. They have games in hand on a lot of the teams ahead of them, which is nice. But just real struggle this year for the Wild. They're on their last year of dealing with the Parisi Suter contracts. Um, they, you know, once those buyouts clear and the salary cap is going to go up, they'll probably spend some money. They were forced to lose Kevin Fiala for that reason. He's over with the Kings being a real good player with them. Um, eh, I don't know, dude. I, I don't think the wild are going to pull out of it this year. I just don't think they have the juice and part of it is injuries and you know, whatnot. But next year I could see them getting right back to being a good team. If they're able to spend some money, maybe they do go get like a Leon dry or, you know, the wild have loved being splashy mm -hmm. in free agency. Um, but right now, it just doesn't seem it for this team. No, and you know, even when they're healthy, it's like, what happened to them? They have a very talented roster. Gustafson and Flurry are more than a good enough duo. They've just been performing at a level that they shouldn't be performing as. I mean, they've lost three in a row now. The road ahead's no easier. Their next four games consist of Tampa Bay, Columbus, and then Dallas twice. So, I mean, it's not going to get any easier. But the other problem right now is that everybody on the team is performing less than they should be. They're performing average or below average to their standards. It's like it, this includes Kirill Kaprizov. You look at his numbers, he's got 13 goals and 34 points in 34 games. I mean, this dude's capable of 100 points right now, and he's on pace to reach mid to low 80s. I mean, if the best player on your team is performing like this, and so is everyone else, I mean, you can not expect them to win. I mean, even guys who are projected to score like 50 points are only on like a 30-point pace right now. So everybody's per, per like averaging or playing average or worse at best. And, you know, also their goaltending, they got great goaltending, but they haven't been playing great, which is shocking because Gustafson was my sleeper to win the Vezina. He started off hot. I think he had a shutout to open up the season, and then everything's been downhill. And, like, right now, goaltending is clearly your issue. I think they're averaging giving up more than four goals a game, if I'm right. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, I think you might have to make a move at this point. Maybe you trade Flurry and ignite new life into this team. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there who would kill to have Flurry on their team right now who are making a push for the postseason. And, 
why not? I mean, I don't know if you're going to be able to go for a guy like Jake Allen because Jake Allen might go to a guy like the Devils or another team, maybe the Oilers, who are in need of a goaltender. But if Jake Allen's willing to come to Minnesota because he sees what's here, he sees that there's a, a talented roster in front of him, I mean, why not try to trade Flurry for a guy like that or trade Flurry for a guy? I'm sure the Devils or somebody or the Oilers would be more than willing to give up a backup just spark new life into this team because i do think when gustafson's hot he's a great goalie i mean let, let's not get it confused here i mean they they their team is talented they're just not performing like they should be right now no they're they are talented they're not performing like they should be it's it's hard to think about trading flurry with gustafson out though uh, you know we don't know his timetable or when he's going to be back like that's tough i i I'm getting to the point where I think the Wild should probably shut it down for the season. You're not I don't know if they're gonna be bad enough to get Macklin Celebrini or Cole Eiserman or any of these guys who are gonna be in the top ten or top ten maybe, but the top five, top three. Um you could go on and you know try to be a wild card team at at the deadline. There's all sorts of routes they could go. I would trade Flurry for assets, even if Gustafson isn't back, you know. Take it, maybe bring up Jesper Wallstead and, you know, the number one goalie prospect in the league. The Wild have a bright future. Joel Erickson Eck is incredible. Um, I love what they've done with their team. Marco Rossi, he's going to, there's a chance Marco Rossi's nominated for the Calder Trophy. If the season ended today, he'd probably come in fourth. It would probably go Bedard, Luke Hughes, um, Fantilli, Rossi Mm -hmm. if the season ended today. But he could make a push for second. One is kind of hard. I think it's a two-horse race for one, and the one horse has a two-whatever lead right now. What is it called when you have a two-something lead in horse two racing? Horse oh, a furlong? No. No, there's uh, there's a room, like a two-stride lead or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Bedard has a two-stride lead on Luke Hughes, but nobody below Luke Hughes has a chance. Um, but once Parisian... Suter are off the books. I firmly believe the Wild could go on and be a cup contender as soon as next year. You know, if they had Fiala on their team right now, people would look at them a lot differently. Don't oh, yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. And, you know, he helped elevate Kaprizov. Kaprizov, he has proven he can drive a line by himself. He doesn't need elite, you know, playmakers with him to be productive. But, you know, maybe the injury, maybe it was lingering. You know, there's probably all sorts of reasons that he's been like a low 80s guy rather than a hundreds guy. For sure. Um, but I'm looking um, very closely at the Wild and what they're going to be doing. I think they'll be one of the more interesting stories the rest of the season. Frank, I didn't write this down because it didn't happen when I wrote the sheet last night. Um, Connor McDavid had five points. Yeah, that was insane. His second point of the game was the 900th of his NHL career. He's 26 years old. He already has more career points than Zach Parisi and Jonathan Taves, which is really crazy to think about how what those guys have accomplished in their career. McDavid already got more points than both of them. Um, he's 26. With the five on the night, he brought was brought up to 903 uh, career points. Can he get... 97 points in the final 47 games. He would need to produce slightly more than he has over the last 300 games of his career. No, he cannot. I don't think it's not going to happen. Can he? Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen? No, no shot. Um, 
but if there is a guy to do it, it's Connor McDavid. But, you know, I thought it was crazy that he got five points. He contributed on every goal that the, that the freaking Oilers scored. He scored the first one. Was it the first goal? He scored, he scored the first scored. goal, and then he had the primary. He had the primary assist on every other goal Edmonton scored. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And here's the thing: yeah, he's got more points. When is he going to get that cup? I don't see it anytime soon. Honestly, I I don't think the Oilers are going to win the cup this year. What's going to happen next year? They got to trade for a goalie or something. They they're just like. They're coming back with the same old stuff. Like they're fire their coach. Okay. Like Stuart Skinner played well last night. Stuart Skinner. Yeah. I mean, he's so up and down. I'm not a fan of Stuart Skinner. He's a young guy. I, I know, but it's like he's so up and down for this Oilers team. Maybe this isn't the team for him. Yeah. Maybe he needs to go play somewhere else because like, I develop and then become and, like that star. Right. And I mean, that's a wish they had. Like what happened with Dubnik? No, that's what I'm saying. It's like sometimes it's just the way it goes with goalies and. This Oilers team is always about like high scoring, not really worrying about the defense because McDavid could have five points on every any night. We don't got to worry about that. But then they like it messes with Stuart Skinner's head because like we know how good Stuart Skinner could be. He was an All Star last year, but like this, I don't think he's the right fit for this team. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, They probably could use like a veteran, you know, like a flurry. Stuart Skinner would be great for the Devils right now because they just need average goaltending. And they'd win the Metro. The Devils um, play a different type of game than the Oilers. Yeah. It's yeah. like he would fit better on a team like the Devils. 100%. Um, but I think right now the Oilers are on the come up. I, I think if McDavid doesn't get to 1,000, I legit think he's like in the high 980s, 990s. Like, because that's what his current pace, the, the last, so the last 100 points that he got in his career were in 58 games. Um, or from 800 to 900 was in 58 games mm-hmm. from 700 to 800 was 58 games from 600 to 700 was 68 games. But then from six from one of them was only 53 games. If he could get, if he could get two points per game. Like, I know that sounds freaking crazy. It is crazy. But if he, two points per, it's just a tick above what he's doing he's, anyway. He's, he's going to need a three-point game and a four-point game because he's going to lay an egg one of these games. Yeah, well, just he had five yesterday, Frank. <laughs> I know. Like, technically, that counts as a game in 900 to 1,000 because he got three points in it. Right, no, right. So, like, or he got five points in it. Three. But he still. But even with those five points, he still needs to be two point per game. So like, yeah. he's gonna. There's gonna be games where he has no points, and that's no, gonna hurt him. Ninety seven points in forty seven games. I don't think he could. He's do gonna it. come up just short, and then he'll break a thousand early next season, like in October. But hey, it's fun watching McDavid. The Oilers are must see TV. If you like hockey, if you like sports, you should be tuning in to. Um, them every single night. If you find out they're going on the power play, turn them on because Drysidle's right there too. He had a goal and an assist yesterday. He's a 50-50 guy just about every year. He's he's really the only player in the NHL that you could kind of book 50-50. You know, a lot of the time these guys who score 60 goals have 40-something assists. Um, These guys who have 70 assists have 30-something goals, 40-something goals. You know, it doesn't normally work out. There's going to be a couple 50-50s this year. I think Kucherov will be a 
Uh, Pasternak will probably be a fifth. I don't think Jack Hughes is going to be a 50-50. He'll go over 100. He might even go over 110. I just don't know if he's going to get to 50 goals. Um, a lot of goals. It is a lot of goals. Do I, before we get into our last topic of period number one, address the clown in the chat, or do I move on? Obviously, you know him. I have no idea who it is. I, it's Chubbs. He used to be in our chat way, way, way back in the day. He hates my guts. He wants me dead, Frank. <laughs> dead. He wants you attending my funeral. Oh, I can't tell if he's serious about not. Oh, no. He, well, here's the he thing. He talked, talks a lot of junk, but then says he doesn't know where they are from. Like, if you're, then you're not that big of a hockey fan if you don't know where the Wild are from. Like, you don't know anything about hockey if you don't know where the Wild are from. They're one of the, you know, it's the state of hockey. It's Minnesota. Miracle. The movie Miracle is half about the state of Minnesota. It's Minnesota and Boston. They fight and practice in the movie Miracle because this guy was a dick to this guy in the national championship the year before between Minnesota and Boston College. They are by far the two biggest hockey markets in the United States of America are Minnesota and Massachusetts. So, like. So, where's Chubbs from? A fan uh, he's a Chicago Cubs fan, and he hates oh. me because of all the shit I've talked about the well, Cubs over Chubbs, there. I'm a Cubs fan, too. Rock on. Yeah. Go, Cubs, go. Congratulations to Chubbs and the Cubs on the great yeah. manager acquisition this offseason. Yeah, Come, c- Coming into the offseason, getting Shohei Otani. We're going to have Peter Alonzo be our first baseman. We're going to extend Bellinger. See you in April. They're going to freaking hand – they're going to hand – um, Craig Council, a worse team than they gave David Ross last year. I am a little pissed about that. Getting it's, a little off topic. From that's here, actually but... not even me talking shit. That is a fact yeah. that right now they are in line to give Craig Council a worse roster than they gave David Ross. They, After they all said, the hype they had in November. They said we're going to make big moves, and they haven't made big moves. That's a little irritating, obviously. Very irritating. Frank, uh, you know I don't even talk trash about them as much as I once did. Chubbs is still living in 2021. He says I'm a huge Cub fan for 50 years. The good, that's the Foster. bad, the ugly. Oh, that's Foster. I we got a lot of Cubs fans here. Oh yeah, I can relate. Um, he he agrees though. He's super hating on the owner. Not gonna lie, because it is annoying. You make this. I was so pumped when I heard that they're gonna make big moves. I'm like, all right, let's get our feet wet. What are we? What are we gonna chow down on? And it's like, all right, we got Craig Council, but. Nothing else. I told you in November they'll be a World Series contender in 2024, but I'm pulling back on that. They've done nothing. As of if the season started tomorrow, Peter Crow Armstrong would be their center fielder and Matt Mervis would be their first baseman. Now we do. There's time. There's still time. A lot of the the guys are off the books or getting off the books, but there's still time to make some moves. If I were them, I would do everything in my power. I, I would try to get Blake Snell and trade for Dylan Cease. And then you have a big three of Justin Steele. Um, who, am I forgetting What's up, someone? Travis? Am I forgetting someone? What would you say? I was, J- Justin Steele, he was the real good pitcher for them last oh, year. Oh, yeah, he was great. And then, time. you know, you have – if you add like a Dylan Cease and a Blake Snell, that's a great wow. big three. Who that's really good? Um, well, Stroman's gone. Kyle Hendricks is there. Um, Kyle Hendricks, though, he's up but down. he but he'd be a good number four or number five. Well, yeah, you want him in the rotation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, there's good pieces. Dansby at short, Nico Horner at second. I don't really know what you do at third. Are you going to have uh, freaking Nick Madrigal play third? Because what are you going to do with Christopher Morel? 
Okay, you got Seiya Suzuki in right and Ian Happ in left. They have the central foundation of a great team. They have a core. But I hate what I see in center. And listen, Peter Crow Armstrong might be a star one day, but he didn't exactly hit the ground running after making his MLB debut last year. Um, they need to they need to develop him more. He needs more time in AAA. They should have got Bellinger back, dude. Well, Bellinger's still on the table. It's not going to happen. Though. It's not going to happen. Just, it's just not going to happen. They should have just they should have just jumped on it immediately because they looked so smart for giving him a one year deal when nobody else wanted him last year. And he was so good. He looked, he kind of, it was probably the second best year I'm of so his career. It was so probably the second mad. best year of it his was, career. It was, it was. Only behind the MVP year. I'm so mad, dude. They should have extended him. And uh, I know. But he's not coming back. No, he's gone. So it's I just, actually, I, I hate the White Sox more than you right now. Any Sox hate, like, nobody, I shit talk them. Watch Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. I'm going to roast them even more. I'd right rather now, be a Cubs fan than a Sox fan right now. Well, exactly. Right now, you and Tom. Yep. Basically. Basically. No, I hate them. I'm so mad. Cancel Sox Fest. Get rid of Abreu. You know, move all these pieces. You know, let Lucas Giolito turn into a career um, journeyman. You know, right? Like he was supposed to be the ace of this team. Dylan Cease pulled back. He started to suck last year. Michael Kopech is a bust. Johan Moncada is a bust. I mean, no. I, when I crap talk your favorite team it's not me crap talking them it's me speaking the truth because i speak the truth about my own teams too the white Sox stuck they are dead and gone and dead so <laughs> if they ever revive themselves i'll be the first to scream it from the top of my roof but right now they are dead and i hate them spoken from a true white Sox fan yeah the cubs are dead right now too but they're no the cubs are on life support got a heartbeat they got a heartbeat. I love Dansby Swanson, and I think Seiya Suzuki really yeah. turned into a star in the second half. Of I love season. Seiya Suzuki so much. He turned into a star in he's the second so half of good. last season. He's so good. 100%. He's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. Yeah, and I think his peak will be three, four, five more years. The, the Cubs, if they're smart, could build a World Series team again around the core that they currently have. They'll make the playoffs in the next five years, I think. Yeah, I, I still think with if they add another pitcher or two, they could barely make it this year. Craig Council will do a lot. I think. Craig Council will do a lot. I just can't believe we're staring down the face of handing him a worse team than David Roscoe. Because <laughs> that is as of uh, the team know, last year I with Stroman with and Bellinger. I agree with you. Now, if and in February, they trade for Peter Alonzo and Dylan Cease. Um, you think he'd come back to the Cubs? It would be a trade. You think Cease would come back to the Cubs? It wouldn't be his choice. I know, but you think that would – I don't think the White Sox would allow it. I do. If the Cubs offered something consequential, I think the White Sox would do it. We'll see. Do I think – do I think it'll be similar to what they got for Quintana? No. Like that version of Eloy and Cease, I don't think um, at all that, you know, that would happen again. I disagree that Jed Hoyer should be fired. Right. From Chubbs. I, I completely disagree with that. He's He was the GM of the team in 2016. A lot of people don't know that. Um. Jed Hoyer, though he talks a lot of talks a lot of smack, doesn't back it up. I don't like what I. He. Know. He does when you lose the best player in baseball. That is a job. Who's 
who did they lose? Saying Otani because they didn't get Otani. He was never coming to the Cubs. He said it. <laughs> he was going to the Dodgers, and that's it. He was never. And, and you know what proof you need for that? The fact for Yoshinobu Yamamoto signing with the Dodgers two days later. That's all you need to know about Shohei Otani's true intentions the entire time. The entire time. I He gets no blame for losing on Otani. None. He'll get blame if they do nothing this offseason. That's when he'll get blamed. But there's still plenty of time. There's a lot of good free agents out there. The holidays are over. We'll see how it goes from there. I'm done talking about the stinky-ass freaking Cubs and the stinky-ass freaking White Sox for today. That's enough. Tune in tomorrow. Crosstown Crosstalk special start time, 11 a.m. Frank, anybody in any division in uh, hockey going to look different by the end of the season? I'm talking wildly different than it does right now as we enter 2024. Yeah, so after I looked over all four divisions, I narrowed it down to two. It was the Metro and the Atlantic. And then after really thinking about it, I think it's clearly the Metropolitan Division. I do think there's going to be a potential shakeup in the Atlantic Division, but I just don't think it's going to be as big as the Metropolitan Division, right? Like, I could see the Lightning uh, making a run and taking the division spot, or even Detroit getting hot like they were to start the season and and really make an interesting run. But then you look at the Metropolitan Division, and any of the top seven teams in the division can make the playoffs. And you can't, and I looked over every division, you cannot say that about a single other division in the NHL. Um, You know the devil, or first of all, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders, Flyers, and Capitals all dropped a little bit, or they were shuffled around. Right. There's a lot going on there. You know, the Devils are probably going to take a run and grab a division spot. Potentially, if the Hurricanes could grab some life and make a run, they're out. They aren't out as winning the division anymore as much as I thought they were. I mean, there's honestly and there's there's honestly. Huh? I, I think you could say the same about a lot of teams in the Metro. But a lot of teams in the Metro below the Hurricanes, I think, are going to falter a little bit. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but like the Hurricanes, who I picked to win the division, they're not out of it anymore as much as I thought they were. So it's like there's honestly so much that could happen from one through seven. Like I don't think who's seventh right now, the Penguins? Yep. I don't think the Penguins are going to like win the division. I don't think it's going to be that crazy of a shakeup. But like anything could happen right now in that division. Like it is not going to look. You could screenshot the division today and screenshot it on the last day of the season. It will have the most moves of any division in the NHL. I'm screenshotting everyone right now. Yep. And we will go back. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I actually think. I think Edmonton. I think Vegas ends up winning the Pacific over Vancouver, and but Vancouver, man, they just know they they just they're not stopping. I thought they'd falter a little bit and be like third wild card. You know, I still always thought they'd be playoffs after their start, but I think the Central right now is going to be exactly how it finishes. There's only one thing I would switch. Winnipeg and Dallas. I think Dallas will host the Jets in the first round rather than go on the road to Winnipeg. I think Dallas will come in second. I think Colorado's going to win. Or Dallas could win the division too. Dallas is the only team I think is going to move. They'll either push up 
over Winnipeg or push up over Winnipeg and Colorado. But I think Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, Minnesota, Chicago is exactly how it finishes in that order. I think the Metro or the uh, Atlantic, excuse me, I think it finishes exactly the same as it is right now. Oh, see, I don't. I do think there are going to be some moves. The light they are going to push a little bit. Me too. They can still get in. Oh, you mean playoffs or standings? Standings. Overall standings. Oh, well, I think they're going to move up. For Over sure. who? I'd have to look. I don't. Toronto, Florida, or Boston? Bro, probably Florida. Florida's in second, clear second. Five points. I, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Let me pull it up. It's time to admit that we were both a little wrong about Florida. They are elite Stanley Cup contenders. I, I do think they're going to falter here. I really do. Why? In the second half. I don't know. It's just my gut. That's just They've what I've been I, the third best team in the, the Eastern Conference this season. I know, but I think to, Tampa Bay is going to get better, and because of that, I, four teams can't make three division spots. No, I know. And I don't think, and I don't think Bruins and Toronto. I mean, Toronto's got four games in hand over the Lightning, so I don't think it's going to be them either. But I think if the best chance for the Lightning to make a division spot would be to pass up the Panthers, so that's kind of just what I'm going off of. We're I both. Do think, I do think Detroit, if they could be as hot as they were to start the season and they, you find a little life there. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a push for a playoff spot. I think Tampa's cooked from the three division spots. No respect. I didn't even pick them to make playoffs. They're kind of doing exactly what I said they would in September. I I left them out gone. respect. No respect. Well, I, I have plenty of respect for Boston and Florida. And then I think Toronto could keep it going. If they get some decent goaltending, the lightning, they just don't have it. You know, Kucherov is doing what he's doing, and he's kind of out there on an island with Stamkos. And Stamkos's contract conversations are going to start to linger. They are going to start to linger. I promise. If they're out of a playoff spot, his face will be on the graphic on trade deadline day. Whether or not it's because of a rumor or because he's actually traded remains to be seen. I know it's hard. They could view him as like their trade deadline acquisition. But like Stamkos is very much in an uncertain future right now. And I think that's going to linger. I legit, the only thing I could see if Buffalo got a little hot and jumped Montreal, but like I legitimately think that screenshot will last the rest of the way. The only, you're going to think I'm crazy. I think Florida has a better chance of jumping the Bruins to win the Atlantic than they do falling out of the playoffs entirely. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're good. I watch them. I watch them a bit, and they've played the Devils three times already, so I've seen them an entire game of them more than the average person, too. And they're just nasty, dude. They might not fall out of the playoffs, but they're I nasty. They're going to fall a little bit. They're nasty, and they've been hurt. Bob has been incredible, just absolutely insane. This Evan Rodriguez that they put on the top line yeah. with Barkov and Reinhardt, dude, Reinhardt might score 40. Verhage is carrying their second line because Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett have combined for 11 goals. Matthew Kachuk has five. How does Matthew Kachuk have five goals on January 3rd? And he's played every game. I mean, the fact that Florida has been this good without Matthew Kachuk. If I would have told you, Frank, Matthew Kachuk has five goals on January 3rd. Where are they in the standings? You'd say probably freaking last. <laughs> you probably would say last. Yet they're right there with the Bruins for the top spot in the uh, Atlantic Division. I don't know, dude. If he gets hot, 
and you keep the Rodriguez Barkov Reinhardt line going, and you got Kachuk with Verhage and Sam Bennett going all of a sudden. Oh, oof. Watch out for that Florida team. I I think they're going back to the final. I was a little as wrong. Of right I now. will admit, I was a little wrong about them. But I was too, though. I picked them to make playoffs, but I didn't have them in a division spot, I don't think. Like, they could win the freaking Atlantic. They could. I don't know, dude. And I'm just not high on the Lightning right now. They don't seem to have that that uh, that gut punch that they once had. You know what I'm I saying? Hear you. They don't look like the same Lightning team that they once were. No, even they last... actually just lost to uh, Florida before the break. Yeah, yeah, they did. Now I'm not holding like one game against them. No, like, no, no. But like, that's true. Florida, if Florida played them in a seven-game series right now, I'd pick Florida in five. I really, really would. I just, I don't think the Lightning, they got good goaltending and Kucherov's on fire. And then, you know, a couple of the guys in between are real good. Kucherov, probably Hart Trophy candidate or Hart Trophy favorite oh, yeah. right now, um, which would be the second of his Hall of Fame career. But, uh, and Bob's going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. No, Bob Rovsky. Yeah, Bob Rovsky. You told me no. Did I? Last year in the final, I was like, if they win the cup, Con Smythe or not, is he a Hall of Famer? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. You're crazy. Especially if they... Because I just well, thought about it again. I just he, thought about it again. He doesn't have the cup He right now, but he has that deep playoff run. Two Vesna trophies, oh, the career stats that he has. Bob, I think Bob's going to be a Hall of Famer. And Are if you they sure get with Bob, Bobrovsky? There was somebody else I say was a Hall of Famer. I'm positive. Let me pull up Bob's. And Bob's that was that was saying if they win the cup. I wasn't even saying they end up losing like they did. They lost, and I still think he's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm all in on the Bob train, dude. He's good. He's a great goaltender. Two Vesna trophy percentage, above, well above average. All these wins. A trip to the Stanley Cup final. Elite en route to the Stanley. He wasn't carried by this great offense. They, yeah, they can do know. it again. They can do it again. Florida is good. I I don't know if I'm twisting the wheels a little bit in the brain of Frankie Mueller about the Florida Panthers, but in Vinny Parisi's brain, this is a damn good team. I'm excited. I'm I get excited. what you're saying, VP. No, I get what you're saying, VP. I get what and you're then saying. My last point I was going to make, because I touched on every division, you know, I think – Pacific, roughly the same. I think Vegas probably ends up winning it, but will Vancouver, you know, uh, I said what I said about Dallas, moved over to the Atlantic, talked about Florida. In the Metro, I could see the teams in sixth and seventh being in second and third by the end of the year. Like, I'm not even guaranteeing it. It's possible. I don't love Washington. They're minus 17 goal differential, and they're right there. They're one of the worst, best teams I've ever seen. I think Washington's going to fall a little bit, obviously. Yeah, they got out to a 4 nothing lead yesterday and then almost blew it. You know, they just looked like a different team in the second and third period. I, I, they have a really smart coach, coach of the year candidate as of right now. Um, I don't love the Islanders. They don't score enough for me. No. And the, the Flyers are pesky. They're like mean. They're like rude. They're like a rude team that gives 100% effort every but single game. they're another game. team I think is overplaying, really. They, they might be, but their coach ain't going anywhere. That's the thing. The, the coach is the one position that's not going to fall off. Right. You get what I'm saying? And Carter Hart's mm -hmm. an elite goalie, and their backup, Urson, is real good too. 
That's another thing I don't see falling off. Philly has two key components that could keep them from falling out. Their coach and their goaltending. If you don't give 100% effort on every single shift, you are benched in Philly. That is not the case in New Jersey. That is not the case in New York. That is not the case in Carolina. Rod Brindamore, good coach. But if Sebastian Ajo takes a shift off, he ain't sitting. If Travis Konechny takes a shift off, his ass is glued to the bench in the third period. doesn't right. matter how many goals he has. I think that they give 100, and sometimes it's hard to beat effort because the talent is there too. They're not a team full of bums. This, no. Bob, this Bobby Orr Brink is real good. Uh, Konechny, obviously. Oh, my God. If Mitchkov ever comes to the Flyers, they're going to be a wagon. If he ever comes, is he not coming? I, I, I would say it's never a guarantee. Really? With the, with the Russians. There was some risk to picking Michkov. That's why he fell the seventh. He was the third best player in the draft, I think. Uh, maybe fourth. Even after a few years, though? Really? You don't think when his contract is up in the KHL, I do think he's going to come. But it is never a guarantee. Kaprizov, That's fair. with the Wild, they were so uh, worried that he wasn't going to come over. And then he threw a party. So, like, when Michkov signs, then I'll be like, okay, he's coming to Philly. But they have Cutter Gauthier, too. And we'll get oh to the God. world We'll get yeah. to the world juniors in a minute. But if they add Cutter Gauthier and Michkov to this core that they already have being built in Philly, they could be like a cup contender. They, they probably will go from, like, a mediocre team to a cup contender in one offseason. That's fair. But they also might not. They also might progressively It might take time, though, because of how young their players will be, too. Yeah, but I think Mitchkov and Gauthier are already joining a good team. That's the thing. They're not going to be like Bedard being a Ferrari in a trailer park. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The Flyers will actually have a decent team already built by then. They're decent now. They're freaking 19, 13, and 5, 43 standings points. Um, I hate how few games the Devils have played. They have three games in hand on Carolina. Two on Philly. If they won the two on Philly, they'd jump them in the standings. And if they won the three on Carolina, they would tie them in the standings. So, and you, it's obviously games at hand aren't guaranteed wins. Um, but tonight they play the Capitals. We'll see. But the Metro, that's I couldn't agree with you more. That's kind of why I asked the question to see if you'd say the Metro. Basically. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. I think everybody would. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, Frank. We have some more hockey to talk about of the non-NHL variety, and we are going to do so in period number two. Welcome to period number two. Frank, the PWHL is finally Mm -hmm. underway. Finally underway after so many uh, months of anticipation. Um, The original six that are going on in the PWHL, of course, are PWHL Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, New York, Boston, and Minnesota. Frank. I know neither of us are experts on the players on each team, but we've grown to know a little bit over the years. We are definitely in full support of this league and will be viewers of it. My six most recent teams followed on, or my six most recent followings on X have been the six teams. Um, I do. I'm curious to know if you have thoughts on like the jerseys that they're wearing, keeping just the names of the cities as their teams for the season, instead of going the nickname route, which I don't think that's going to last. I do think they will eventually have nicknames, but as of right now, it's the city of the team is the city, the name of the team. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Are you excited? Like what's going on? So 
this is a very exciting time to be a hockey fan, right? 100%. With the P- with the PWHL underway in the first ever game in PWHL history, which took place on New Year's Day, saw the New York just saw New York defeat Toronto four to nothing in a shutout. So now, not only did we have our first ever PWHL game in history, but we had our first ever shutout in league's history, all in one day. I also want to give out to Ellis Shelton for scoring the league's first ever goal in PWHL history. Congrats to her. I look forward to watching many PWHL games over my lifetime, and I can't wait to see you know the next wave of teams that make it in the league over time. But you mentioned something that I just have a problem with right now, and it's that none of the teams have official names. Oh, you don't like it? No, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I want to see. I want to see mascots. I want to see team names. I want to see so much more, just like it is in the NHL, right? You want to see both leagues feed off one another and help each other grow using the tools that each of the leagues have. That includes getting a name for the the city or the state or whatever you're gonna do. It, it's got to happen, in my opinion. Like it's it's so annoying right now. I, I can't stand it. I'm a little surprised. I love it. Like you go. I would keep it. New York is a team in the P. Like I don't like that. It's just. It gives me pro soccer vibes. Yeah, this is the NHL. Right? Well, it's let's, the PWHL. Or this is the PWHL. This is professional hockey here. So, like, let's let's move off of the the soccer vibes. Well, I guess I'll just enjoy it for this one year because I do <laughs> like it. Like, I Atlanta FC, right? Or you know, New York FC, the New York Football Club. There are a couple teams in MLS that have real names, like the New York Red Bulls, the mm-hmm. Chicago Fire. But like the Washington Football Team, that was my favorite. They they were becoming a team I was starting to like, like they were that for those two years they were one of my five favorite teams, and then when they became the Commanders I was like, all right I'm done with them, honestly I would have been cheering hard for them to pick a good player and if they were still the Washington Football Team I like when teams logos are just colors, why do you think I like the Browns so much? The reason I like the Browns it goes way back I know they've sucked for most of my life. But when I was younger, I just thought it was so cool that their logo was their football helmet and their logo, I get it. and it was orange and brown were their col- their their logo, like the colors were their logo. Love that, I absolutely love that. Um, with the this isn't going to stick because hockey's different. There's nothing like it in hockey, um, even in the NHL or the KHL. There's no you know Toronto Red or any like there's nothing like that. But it is unique for one year. I'm happy. I'm excited to watch it. I can't decide who my who has my favorite jerseys. They're all cool. Um, Minnesota's like purple and white. Toronto is like blue and white, like you would expect. But not New everyone York, is like you would expect. New York's is light blue, right? It's like teal. Yeah, I like and that. White. Like Ottawa. That. Ottawa is like Senators red and white. Montreal is like maroon and white and i know they're try- probably trying to like be a little like the Can- but i think ottawa's red is more like the canadians than but then again the senators but they're not all going for the nhl theme either because boston is green mm-hmm. i think well, think you're about the think boston celtics i know i know you're you're going to think i'm crazy on which jerseys i like the best i wholeheartedly like montreal's i got i would have to see them all like this jersey that remember. this road jersey that Montreal wore, for those of you listening on the podcast, it's like a cream color jersey with a maroon stripe on the bottom, and then the word Montreal is diagonal across the crest. It, remi- it reminds me of Boston College. 
And Boston College and Boston University have some of the nicest jerseys in all of hockey, no matter what level. Okay, you're not crazy. It's uh, a nice jersey. And then I think Boston's probably second best. And Boston's kind of – I'm a free agent in the PWHL right now in terms of my fandom. I can't jump on New York. I jumped on New York when they were the NWHL because they played their games at the Rock. They branded themselves as New York, but then they became the Metropolitan Riveters, and then I was all in on them. But just being strictly New York, I can't just jump on that wagon you know, because of the Devils. Um, I actually think right now – I like them all equally. I can't pick one. I do love that Patrice Bergeron was the one who announced Hillary Knight as the captain of the Boston team. Did that, you see that, that video? That was cool. That was cool. Really cool. Really cool. So if I had to lean one, it probably would be Boston. But I like Toronto. I like Ottawa. I'm happy. I think they made even being a Chicago guy. Even being a Chicago guy, I think they nailed the six cities that they chose. Do I think Chicago should be the first expansion team? Yes. I absolutely do. Chicago's always a good branch out to the Midwest for so every think sport. For sure, there will be a Chicago team at some at point. some point. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I hope if they went, see Minnesota should be the first team from Minnesota and Boston. That's American hockey's centerpieces, and then I think Michigan deserves a team too. Michigan, I I would bring Michigan and. Chicago in next Detroit and Chicago. Those would be the two cities I go to next. If you want to do Canadian Canada, if you want to venture West, then I think you probably choose one of the teams either in Manitoba or uh, Alberta. You could choose Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton. If you're going the U S route though, I, I really think uh, Chicago or Detroit have to be in the mix. I, they I just probably are. Um, I'll probably be. become a Chicago fan. Out of everyone, that'll be my – unless, you know, with hockey, I always lean New Jersey, but I can't do the New York thing. When they were the Metropolitans, sure, because they played at the New Jersey Devils Hockey House. But, like, if you're not going to do New Jersey, it's got to be Chicago for me if I'm picking right. one. But there is no Chicago, so I like them all equally right now. Um, but, hell, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to continue watching. I didn't catch any of that game two days ago. I do find it funny. Toronto, a blue and white team from Toronto, shut out first game. We wouldn't expect anything less. We're on brand. We are on so, brand. Yeah. We wouldn't expect um, anything less. Frank, I want to take a deep dive into the World Juniors. I've watched every game, dude. Okay. <laughs> I've watched every game. I know these teams like the back of my hand, even the stinky ones. Like I, I felt like I knew um, you know, some of the guys on Latvia and Norway. This is just exciting times. Um, we are down to the final four. Tomorrow, the relegation game will take place very early in the morning, 4 a.m. I'm probably not going to watch it just because I'll be sleeping, I think. I would love to. I would honestly love to wake up and watch it. My plan as of right now is not to do so, though. Um, it will be between Norway and um, Germany. Now, Germany kind of got boned. Because they beat Finland earlier in the tournament, and it was the first time they ever beat Finland. 0-25 going into that game. They won. They only needed one point the rest of the way to avoid relegation. The relegation game, I should say. And they they weren't able to get it. And they played Team Canada hard. They had a 2-2 tie going into the third period, and they just weren't able to get it done. Norway, on the other hand, went 0-4, and if 
Germany was in the same group as Norway, they wouldn't even be in this relegation game, but they're not. Um, I do think Norway is going to win the relegation, or the Germany is going to win the relegation game. Do you concur? I completely agree, VP. Um, Germany, or I think Norway is like so boned, and it's not even funny. Like even going one and three, Germany going one and three. Um, they've showed a, at least a little bit sign of life. They played well in every game. But... Yeah, right. So, like, Norway, on the other hand, they rarely showed any signs of life. They played bad in every early, game. Except early in the game against United States, because United States didn't play that good. They yep. really looked awful in every other game. So I'm predicting Germany to win by a score of 5-3. to three. Norway looked they, – they made it tough on the U.S. in their first game. And – Still, they lost four to one. So, just absolutely insane. Um, I do think Germany's going to win. Do you know the story of Germany being relegated once upon yep. a time? There was one year where the Oilers wouldn't return Leon Dreisaitl to Team Germany to play in the World Juniors. And obviously, yeah, if you put Dreisaitl on Team Germany, they have a much better chance of, you know, at 100%. least performing well, right? 100%. Okay. They didn't let him go. And would you believe they returned Dreisaitl to the OHL for the rest of the season the day Germany got relegated? Are you serious? Yeah. They could have just let them go play for Germany and avoid rally. It took them five years to get back to the World Junior top level. Because <laughs> you have to win the, the the lower pool to get back in. Right. Like, like Norway is going to go back into the lower pool, or whoever loses this game is going to go back into the lower pool, and if they win it, they'll come up and place with whoever's relegated next year. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like the Premier It's like the Premier League. Whoever wins the lower pool comes up in place of the team that got relegated from the top pool. And freaking Edmonton screwed them over so bad. And they finally got back a couple years ago. I, I honestly hope they win for that reason. Uh, nothing against Norway. I want Norway to play but well. did Edmonton and... kind of make the right decision, though? Like, no. you don't want your player to go play? Like, come on. He what? sent them to juniors, the OHL. Oh, dry, they sent dry set of the OHL. On the day Germany was relegated. They could have just let him go play in Germany. <laughs> They could have just oh, let yeah. him go play in the World Juniors. Yeah, and then and then when he comes back from the World Juniors, make a decision on whether or not he's playing in the OHL or the NHL the rest of the season. But, but they don't no. care. The Oilers don't care about the World Juniors, right? It, it, bad etiquette. Bad etiquette, bad karma, in my opinion. Maybe that's why they haven't won a cup. Honestly. Maybe <laughs> if they let Dreisaito go and keep Germany from getting relegated, maybe they win the cup. I don't know because he would have had some extra playoff experience. I don't know. That's there's crazy, all, there's all sorts of causality that could have changed things. I can't believe when I heard that, I was like, wow, Edmonton really and Germany. It took them five years to get back into the top pool. So for that reason, I hope they win against Norway. And you know me, I want hockey to be popular everywhere, everywhere. And they're just, 
Norway, they'll get back. You know, they'll they'll be one of those teams. Uh, another country will get a chance though next year. We'll see who wins that lower pool. It, it should be fun. I love rotating teams in and out to see who deserves it. Um, but the Frank, the teams that made it to the final four, and they will play their games after the relegation game is over. The United States, uh, Finland, who lost to Germany, um, Sweden, and the Czech Republic, Czechia. What are your thoughts? All right. First of all, Czechia, who has a very good roster, eliminated Team Canada with 11 seconds left in regulation. My prediction that Team Canada would not get a medal has come true. And right now, my entire World Juniors prediction is on point. Maybe I'm the World Juniors guy. Maybe like ESPN or whoever, NHL Network, got to come to me with my prediction. Because I said it would go United States gold, Sweden silver, Czechia bronze. We're, we're on pace for that. that. I feel like that's what we're going to get. I wouldn't be surprised if Sweden upset the United States in a gold medal game because Sweden's roster is so freaking good. But right now we're on pace like for exactly that, right? So I would say if I'm making my prediction, you want me to give my prediction? Mm-hmm. I would say... Sweden's gonna uh Sweden and the United States will should win their games and they'll be playing in the gold medal game. Finland and uh Czechia will be playing in the bronze medal game, but you can't count out the underdogs either. If you're the United States or Sweden, you have to go into this game like you're preparing to take on the best team in the world because nothing's a guarantee and you can't underestimate any team, especially at this stage, because Czechia and uh Finland. They got really good rosters too. So, but I'm going to stick with what I said before the tournament started. I'm going to go United States and Sweden playing the gold medal game. USA wins gold. Czechia plays Finland in the bronze medal game. Czechia wins bronze. That's what I got for you, VP. I like that. Canada, they were defeated. I can't, couldn't believe. I mean, Czechia got it done. That's revenge. I'm not surprised though. Last year, Canada narrowly beat. Uh, Czechia in the gold medal game. They won in overtime. You might remember Bedard, you know, had an amazing tournament. I think Cutter Gauthier scored the golden goal. No. no who, was the, who was the Coyotes prospect? It was the Coyotes hold prospect on. who hold scored on. the hold golden on. Hold goal. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's on. Uh, um, Gavin Brindley? No, he's the Blue Jackets prospect playing this year. Uh, 2023 World Juniors. Um, trying to think without looking it up. I don't know. But I typed in. I know Snuggerud's a blue. Yeah, Snuggerud's a blue. I don't know. I can't think of a Coyotes prospect. Let's see. The golden goal it was Canada overtime. It doesn't say who freaking won it. Um, Let's see. Canada won last year. I'm not finding it at all. I'm trying to see who it was. I don't know. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. They Canada won, and I was the Coyotes prospect. that had a real good tournament. I can't remember his name. Um, I could actually probably just type in Coyotes top prospects. Coyotes top prospects. Are you talking about on Team Canada? Um, Dylan Gunther. Dylan Gunther. That's why I thought it was Gauthier because it's similar. Yeah, he was on Team Canada, 
and they won. They beat Czechia in the gold medal game. Um, the craziest game of it all, though, was Switzerland versus Sweden. Sweden took a 2 nothing lead, and the Swiss came all the way back and tied. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And they really looked like they had the momentum. I thought Switzerland was going to win. Uh, Switzerland, 2-0 and all-time in quarterfinal matchups against Sweden. Stunned to hear that stat. It was the first time Sweden ever won when they scored in overtime. It was our guy, Axel Sandin Palika, who we've talked about a lot on this show. Real good player. Real good player from the blue line. It was a power play goal in over. Sweden moves on. They're a hard team to face. I don't know if they have the offense to keep up with the United States, but then again, they play a real good team game that might shut Team USA's offense down. If Sweden won a 2-1 game, I wouldn't be too surprised. Um, but Sweden's if Sweden's got a very good team, VP, they do. They're real I'd good. I'd be surprised if they win gold. And that just goes to show my theory on the Swiss. They are a true up and coming hockey country, and they play everyone hard. The, mm-hmm. You know, they had one bad game in this tournament. Um, they're they're real good though. They're up and, and when they get when we get to the Olympics, they are not going to be anywhere close to the worst team. You know, when you throw Nico Heischer and Roman Yossi and Timo Meyer and Jonas Siegenthaler onto the Olympic team and then maybe supplement it with some of these guys that were playing in the World Juniors this year that are real good, um, plus some other players that I'm probably forgetting that are of Swiss nationality, um, you know, it's going to be fun. And uh, the Final Four, I'm with you. I do think it's going to be the United States versus Sweden in the championship game, but I have a weird feeling about Finland too. Like if they stun the U.S., they, they were 0-2 to start the tournament, and they've just been on fire since. And they've played good teams hard. They beat Sweden in a sh- overtime. I think there's a more of a chance that Czechia beats Sweden than the U.S. losing to Finland. I, I think both of those are possible. If the if the gold medal game was Czechia-Finland, I'd be like, That'd be insane. Sweden and the U.S. got shown up. I'd be surprised but not stunned. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Finland. They found it. They have found it. I'm not saying they're good enough to beat the U.S., but they have, since starting 0-2, they've won three straight games over teams a lot of people thought would be better. You never know. It's one and done. Yep. They beat Sweden. Awesome game. Their biggest rival. And they beat Slovakia, who I thought for sure was going to beat Finland. Slovakia was the most impressive team in the round robin based on expectations. The most impressive team was Team USA and Team Sweden. Sweden didn't give up a goal till the fourth game. But they, out of based on expectations, Slovakia was the most impressive, and Finland took them down. So now I'm excited. Um, who have been the best players that you've most enjoyed watching so far in this thing? Gavin Brindley and Cutter Gauthier have been unreal this tournament. I freaking told you about Brindley. G- Gauthier has been, I wasn't out on him, though. I wasn't, like, saying any bad things about him. Gautier has been more of the playmaker here, though. Brindley has been more of the play, like more of the type of player to send an arrow right through your heart. Like he's just the dagger guy. But these two guys are representing Team USA so greatly. Like both the Flyers and the Blue Jackets have two young studs in their farm system that are going to be great NHL players one day. But how about my guy Yuri Kulich? I told VP about Yuri Kulich last week. When we were talking about our five players to watch out for, he was one of my five. This man has been one of the best all-around players of the entire tournament on any given team. He's got four goals, four assists. He did contribute on that all-important insurance goal to give Checky a 2-0 lead over Canada. Canada did fight back. But Coolidge, you got to watch out for him and Team Czechia. He is not to be underestimated. Um, 
But man, what a sight to behold he is. For those who are underaware who Yuri Kulich is, because I'm sure a lot of you know guys following this show might not know who he is because he was drafted a couple of years ago, but he was a first-round draft pick for the Buffalo Sabres in the 2022 NHL entry draft. So there's a lot of t- uh, talent right now from the NHL shining in these world juniors. And a lot of these talented players are going to a lot of the up-and-coming teams. Philadelphia, Chicago, the Blue Jackets, Buffalo. Like, we got good talent coming. There's no doubt. Um, I have a couple other um, Czech players that I've really enjoyed. Jacob Stanchel has been awesome. Okay. I He scored the first goal and the last goal against Canada. And then Edward Chale. He didn't have a point in that game against Canada. You might remember we called him Edward Sale. Yeah. But it's pronounced Chale. Um, he's been real good in this tournament. Kind of having a slow year in junior. Chale with an H? Yeah. Well, that's kind of just like the way Czechs pronounce things. Like okay. with certain like hard letters like that, um, but it's Edward Chale, and people when he gets to the freaking I now I'm drawing a blank on what team drafted him, Edward Chale. Who drafted Edward Chale? I have no it was twentieth overall. Who drafted him twentieth overall? The Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. When he gets to Seattle, people are going to call him Edward Sale, and he's probably going to ignore it and you know act like that's how you say his last name. But you know I've been impressed with him. All the American guys you touched on. Only two players on Team Canada were over point per game, which is part of the reason they're out. Um, one of them was a Penguins prospect, um, Jaeger, Brandon Jaeger. And then the other was Macklin Celebrini, eight points in five games. He's the only player that like blew over point per game. I told um, you, the roster wasn't very but celebrated. And their coach... I think coaching is partially to do with them being out too. They started the tournament with Celebrini on the fourth line just because he's, you know, most most of every roster has been drafted already, and like especially of the power countries. Most of every roster has been drafted. The guys who haven't been drafted that are still 17 or like barely 18, they get like the shaft early in the turn. It's like, dude, uh-huh. Celebrini is clearly – the best player on this team. He they moved him up, but his two line mates to start the tournament. I'm drawing blanks on their name. They were the fourth line players. They were glued to the fourth line the rest of the tournament. Even though, just because they weren't drafted, doesn't mean they're not like the better player. Like move these guys I up. Yeah, I think co- coaching had a lot to do with Canada getting the bounce this year. These guys who were drafted, you know, great players. They're going to be key contributors in the NHL. I'm not worried about these guys, but they. They didn't have that like game breaking feel that they normally do. Now next year's Team Canada roster, I'm still learning names and stuff like that. But if you look at 2025 NHL draft, um, or like if the guy's going to be drafted this upcoming year, that'll make up next year's team. Real, real good. I, I think agree Can- with you though. Canada will be good though. What do you? You have, wh- you have to like give guys a chance at this yeah. stage. Like you have nothing to really lose. This is their chance to shine. Last year not- they played the hell out of Bedard. It felt like he played 25 minutes a game mm-hmm. just because he wasn't drafted. What are you not going to play him over some other like and that Canada team was loaded last year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Team USA, most of their top stars have been drafted, right? Like they're getting they're kind of they're kind of deep, like not kind of deep. They are deep. Their top line is that Boston College line with Will Smith, Sharks oh, yeah. prospect. Uh-huh. Uh, Gabe Perot, Rangers prospect, and then Ryan Leonard, Capitals prospect. I think that line could score a goal in the NHL oh, if yeah. they were put together right now. 
I would agree with that. And we're going to be talking about them in the spring when we're watching Frozen Four games together. I believe that. Um, that and that's hasn't necessarily even been their best line. Like the, it has been, but it hasn't. You can argue the Gautier line with Brindley has been their best line. And then yesterday, Oliver Moore. He's like a depth forward on this team. And Frank yeah. Nazar. They, Frank Nazar has been playing pretty good. Frank Nazar jumped Oliver Moore on the Blackhawks prospect pool you think this, so? season. this season. That's fair. I'm not saying he's going to have the better future or the better career, but right now their top prospects go Bedard, Reichel, Nazar, Moore. And Reichel, he's been playing well lately. I still can like if you're talking like prospects, guys who have played less than a hundred games in the NHL. That's that's how it is. You might uh, Nazar's been real good at Michigan, real good, and Oliver Moore good. He's he's still going through some freshmen. Uh, like I still think he's going to be great. He's got incredible speed. That's going to play in the NHL having that kind of shot on a player with that kind of speed. Oh yeah, especially if he plays with a Bedard. I think that might be the key for Oliver Moore, though, playing with a guy like Bedard. Do I think he's going to drive? Do I think he's going to drive a second line by himself? No, but I think Frank Nazar can. I do, and they're going to draft another player in the top five this year. I think they're going to be active in free agency. What if they go for Stamkos? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. What if Stamkos is just like, no, I want to play with Bedard. It'd be fun. I hope. I just want a big name player here, like a big, pro- not a prospect, but a big like free agent. You're gonna get. Over. You're probably gonna get two. I know we'll get them eventually, but I just want it sooner rather than later. I want it this off season. Well, this year's a developmental year. I don't think next year has to be a developmental year. But that's what I mean. This off season, you like. I'm looking at the standings. What if next year they are the Canadians? That's a good example. The Canadians. Where it's January third and they're sixteen, sixteen, and five. And they're five points out of a playoff spot. They're probably not gonna make it, but damn do they play every single game really hard. That's the Canadians right now. The Canadians mm-hmm. are gonna be dangerous in short order. Wait till you yeah. add that to we didn't even talk about Lane Hudson yeah. on Team USA. He gets three assists every single game they play. You add that to their blue line. Montreal's dangerous soon. And they don't have Kirby Doc right now. Kirby Doc might not be living up to like that third overall pick necessarily. If that draft were redone, he'd probably go like ninth, 10th or 11th instead, but he's still a damn good player. 50 points, 60 points. He's an, and that's a boost to a team. If the Hawks are like Montreal next year, I think that would be an absolute win. An absolute win. What if Uh, they get, if they get Celebrini, would he go back to college or is he going to play? I think he plays. I'm torn. I, have I think no he wants, idea. he's gonna want to come play with Bedard, dude. They know what's cooking here. I, I think that's kind of the key, like who drafts him. Yeah. If who's in contention for the draft lottery? If Hawk Sharks. If Ottawa wins it, I could see him going to the NHL. Because like uh, I could be the centerman for Brady Kachuk. Uh, I'd be second line center behind Tim Stutzla. Like you know, the Ottawa they stink right now, and they're probably the worst ran team in the NHL. But I don't foresee that lasting just because of all the talent they have finally they have accumulated. Eventually, they have to start clicking. If you go to San Jose, might go play in college another year, <laughs> and then me and Will Smith will, you know, f shit up in two years. It'll be right. awesome. You know, I don't think he's going to hate whatever team drafts him. 
But like I'm looking, Buffalo, he probably comes to the NHL. Columbus, he probably comes to the NHL. I don't know. I'm leaning he comes to the NHL, but I think it's possible he doesn't. If that makes sense. It's very it's rare kinda, that number it's one kind of where my head is, but it's rare that number one picks don't. Owen Power didn't. He's the last one I could think of. Um, and Luke Hughes went back for that extra year, too. He was fourth overall. And I think if that draft were redone, he might go first. Um, maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. But I he's been great in the World Juniors. Real good year to pick to have eight points in five games. Kind of tough that Canada wasn't able to showcase him more in his draft year. But, you know, it is what it is sometimes. Um, but I've enjoyed the World Juniors. I hope Team USA brings it home. The only two Devils prospects in the tournament face off in their next game. Pretty stoked about that. When is the gold medal game? Friday. When? Okay. At twelve thirty. So you will be awake. Okay. Um, tomorrow is the silver medal or the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be fun. Very, very much looking forward to that. And we will recap it on our next show next Wednesday. So make sure you tune in. There's going to be heavy world junior conversation and we're going to start talking about where, where we're excited to see some of these guys fit in. Like for example, Seamus Casey, New Jersey devils prospect team USA. I'll give a little synopsis on how I hope he fits into the devils next year. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We'll go over the five teams. We hope draft Celebrini and how he'd fit in. That's my plan for next week in period number two. I'm very much looking forward to more extensive world junior conversation. Frank, we're getting near the end of our show. It is time for us to talk about other sports related stuff in period number three. Welcome to period number three, Frank football. No football, football, football. Football. Sorry, I left you hanging there. Yeah, it's fine. We both love football. We watch lots of football together over the last handful of days. Frank, the college football playoff round number one took place on Monday when the Alabama Crimson tied the Michigan Wolverines in the Rose Bowl, followed by the Texas Longhorns versus the Washington Huskies in the Sugar Bowl. Frank, it was the Sugar Bowl, right? Yep. Frank, we got a national championship to look forward to. Can't wait. So, Both the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl, were they were great games. They were, we talked about them. They were treats. treats. Oh, my God, were they a treat. Two Rice Krispies. Oh, my God. Rice Krispies, just perfect. Perfect, Rice Krispies. Both games came down to the wire. Oh, my God. As much as no one thought the second game might, I said, you never know. You never know. And sure as shit, you never knew. My rooting interests, obviously, were both opposite. I was kind of thinking, you know, Texas, Alabama, maybe. Me too, me too, me too. Now we got the number one team in the country and the number one and the number two team in the country going head-to-head in the college football national championship this Monday. I think I got to go with the Huskies in this one, VP. I've doubted the Huskies all year long. They're riding a 20-plus winning streak, I believe. So why should I doubt them anymore? Michael Penix Jr., he's proved me wrong all the all year. They got my respect now. This team is very good. They're good at what they do, and that's winning games. And in this stage of the game, I rarely trust Big Ten teams, and you saw why in the Alabama-Michigan game. Michigan looked very shaky in the second half, BP, and towards the end of the first half. 
It's like they had a great, strong first quarter, and then they just kind of fell off a cliff, ended up pulling out the win. If Alabama didn't have that horrible designed quarterback run call against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in college football, we'd be talking about Alabama right now. I, I don't know why you run. It's not like you're on the one. You're on the three. Very, very good defense. Very, very good run defense. Terrible call. Michigan gets it done. I think Michigan's defense is better than Washington, obviously. But Washington, their defense is underrated. I think it would be on my Mount Rushmore of defenses in college football. But this just smells like the Huskies are going 15-0 and 0 to me. Very interesting. I have doubted both teams all season. Something's got to give. I don't know. I, I really I'll, – I'll throw a prediction out there, but – I thought I thought Washington was going to lose to Oregon both times they played them. I did too. I thought Washington was going to lose to Texas. I thought Washington was going to lose to Texas when they were up by three with 14 seconds left. Like wholeheartedly. Um, doubted them all season long. I thought Michigan was going to lose to Ohio State. I thought Michigan was going to lose to um, Alabama. Now I don't know. I have no idea. I, I really think this is a pick 'em. It's an elite offense versus an elite defense. I think the elite offense is going to prevail. I think Washington's going to beat Michigan. Their their defense is worse, but their offense is better. Yeah. And they got the better quarterback, in my opinion. That's kind of it for me. You have an advantage at quarterback. You have an advantage in the game. I didn't expect... Alabama's quarterback, Milrow, Milrow, right? Alabama, yeah. I didn't expect him to have less yards than the Florida third stringer in a game that they lost by 60. <laughs> that is a fact. Go, I know, go look I it know, up. He played terrible. You know, and so, you know, I still think the committee got it wrong in terms of what's right, but they got it right in terms of we want to produce the best college football playoff. Possible. We wouldn't have gotten two treats. No, we wouldn't have gotten two treats. That's, and you know, I'm on both sides. I see both arguments. If I'm talking to a Florida State fan, I'm going to sympathize with them. If I'm talking to one of the four fans of the teams that did make it, I'm sympathizing with them. I wholeheartedly think the best team in the whole country, they didn't deserve to make it. And they still didn't make it. Georgia. Georgia. I think Georgia steamrolls everyone. I do. They killed Florida State. <laughs> and they barely, would have won the national championship if they were in it. They barely they beat Washington. They would have beat anybody. Texas, Alabama, Michigan. They didn't deserve to be in. No. But that's the double standard that the committee, that's my issue with them. They didn't deserve to be in, so they kept him out. Florida State did deserve to be in, so they, but they also kept him out. So, like, where's the continuity? That's my. There's not VP. The four teams that deserved to get in, in my opinion, were Georgia, or were Florida State, Washington, Michigan, Alabama. Texas is more fun than Florida State. They provided more of a treat. Georgia's better than all of them. But that would have been my my top four based on what's right. 
based on what we deserve as college football fans, though, for a good old spicy treat, I would have put the four that did make it. We would have been on the couch asleep if Florida State was in there. Correct. Correct. I wouldn't have been. I would have been playing pool still. Yep. Agreed. But I get what you're saying. What's right is right in that term. But as long as the committee's around, it'll never be what is right. I'm just forewarning you. Well, we're going to 12. That is true, but there's still going to be arguments for 13 and 12. Like, oh, yeah. 13. North Carolina should have got in at 12, but they're 13. And but I'm not be as devastated because there won't be any undefeated teams down at 13 or 12. Undefeated conference champions right. are right. not going to get booted. We're right. going to be splitting hairs with a couple one loss, two loss teams that lost the championship game. I don't care yeah. about that. That's why I don't think I'll ever be as fired up about the college football playoff and if the results. If it stayed at four, it would never happen. Though. No. The committee would just always do what's best for the rating. Yes. So we'll see. That's fun. I can't Frank, wait for 12 teams. So you think Michigan takes an L to Washington. That's your prediction. I do. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, yes. Yes. But I'm fully anticipating coming and talking about how Michigan are the national <laughs> champions for the first time in however long when we return to bar down next week because I do think it's possible. Oh, of course it's possible. They're the number one team in the country. I think it's more possible than the Bruins making the playoffs. No, that's not true. I was going to say, no. It's- I'm literally 51-49 on it, though. Like, if Washington got a slight injury in practice to, like, the third wide receiver, I might flip to Michigan. I'm 70-30. Okay. In favor of Washington. Now, that scares me because everything you've said about Washington so far this season has been Maybe wrong. this is just my plan. My problem, to though. Take them and make sure they lose. <laughs> my problem, though, is... 90% of the things I've said about Michigan so far this season have been wrong. So something's, something's got to give. Gotta give VP. Something's got to <laughs> give. Who will be who will be the champion of being wrong this year? Vinny or Frankie? We'll see. We'll have an answer. Well, I not mean, really because we both got some m- mediumly bad hockey takes that we're sitting on right now. And I can't wait to like make fun of each other at the end of the season. My world junior hockey takes have been on fire. You they certainly have. And upset for Team Canada. Let me just bow down for that. Let me just yeah. Bow that one. And then, like, if we talk about my Pittsburgh Penguins prediction, yeah. you'll, everyone will want to laugh in my face. But then if, every, if we want to talk about your Florida Panthers prediction, everyone will laugh in your face. Like, that's why, gam- hot takes. that's why gambling is so hard, though, too. But that's also why they're called hot takes, right? But, like, Frank is thinking that the team with – seven Hall of Famers on it is going to be like a bonafide playoff team, a hot take? Yeah, because they're slow. You know what? Fair. (laughs) Fair. I got nothing. Fair. Frank, the NFL had a good week. Oh, yeah. Loved a lot of the games. I can't wait for week 18. Ah, really? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's one major in the world of Frankie Mueller. But I'm seeing Mahomes benched, well, Lamar yeah. oh, benched. That sucks that Lamar's benched because Steelers Ravens is always a good game. I know, but I mean, it's but freaking like it's going to be a good game anyway, though. It's, I it's think, good. I think Steelers are going to win. I think. 
It's huge for them. It's a must win. Part of me hopes they do because I want the, uh, the Ravens already got the number one seed, and I want nothing but respect for Lamar. I hate people who doubt Lamar. This is going to be his second MVP. So anybody who doubts Lamar Jackson's abilities in my in front of me going forward are just it's just going to be assumed right here that they don't pay attention to football very well. So like I'm happy that they got the number one seed. They've been great. He's already won a playoff game. We'll see what they're able to do this year. But I think because they got the number one seed locked up, I think I'll root for our Steelers. I like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is one of my favorite towns in the U. If if Lamar needed the number one seed, I would root for them. Oh, get the hell out of here! No, I would, I would because I'm uh, still a Steelers guy. I got to no, root for the Steelers. I know, I know, and I'll never like Baltimore more than I like Pittsburgh. Never, but I mean, I, I honestly think I could win a billion dollars on a slot machine in Baltimore and still like Pittsburgh more. Um. <laughs> They, I, but I want Lamar to have respect. I'd be saying the same thing if Lamar was. He's got my respect. He is a top five quarterback. He's top Absolutely. three, right? He's top Absolutely. three right now. Absolutely. He's, he's got respect. I don't this season, he's, he's been one. One. Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't take any quarterback in the NFL over, the, over him this season. I completely agree. I think if Mahomes was on a different team that had receivers that didn't lead the league in drops. Travis Kelsey's age has shown a little bit this year with how much he's been limping and whatnot. I still probably would take Mahomes in the long term, but Lamar, elite of the elite. elite and I, of the and elite. I love seeing it. So go Baltimore when Lamar is playing, and it's not one against one of my favorite teams. But in terms of who I like more, no, it's Pittsburgh by far. If it were the Super Bowl or the AFC title game, I'd be rooting for Pittsburgh. We have I, a little bit of a problem, though, VP. What's that? I'm going to need the Jaguars to take a big fat L this Sunday and miss the playoffs for the Steelers' um, sake. I don't think that means they miss playoffs, though. Well, the only way – well, maybe not, though. But the only way the Steelers could get in is with a win and either a Jaguars loss or a Bills loss. And I don't want the Bills to lose because then they won't make the playoffs. Well, so, the Jags are probably going to lose. No, not necessarily. I also – Breaking news. I don't write for Black and Teal anymore. Oh. <laughs> I'm, <Fuck> the Jags. <laughs> I'm fully on the NHL and White Sox now for fan-sided. All right. Well, screw uh, the Jaguars. So, uh, and you know what? Since since that happened, the Jaguars have gone one in five. So, honestly, very, very funny. You killed them. I killed them. But I still, I'll always root for them because my entire purpose of writing for Black and Teal was to try and earn some more money and you know, do better in life, and it just didn't work out. So I, you know, I I love tra- I love Trevor Lawrence going all the way back to um, Clemson, but hey, if it means the Steelers getting in for you, screw them. I need this. That's the only way. The Steelers, Jaguars, and Bills. I don't think all could get in. No. Right? No, I want the Bills to get in if I got to choose overall. Me well. Yeah, I really, I really like the Bills a lot. Like, oh, Frank, you don't want to admit that you like the Bills more than the Steelers. I oh, don't know. No. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't know. You better hope the Steelers miss because they're going to play the Bills in the first round. Oh, they're cooked then. 
The Bills would win that hands down. Oh my god! Is that funny? Is that funny? I just unlocked. I just unlocked the you scary. Didn't unlock, but I didn't say that. You're you're just making up. A I'm telling your dad. Accusation. I'm telling your dad. Listen, my dad knows how much I like the Bills. I talk his ear off about him. Oh I love god. Josh Allen. That Everything about funny. Josh Allen, though, like he wears my number. He wears like, come on. So does Celebrini. And Bedard wears the year I was. Come on, dude. It's just everything. He shares the birthday. Everything's falling into place. Um, You know what? Champs, the Buffalo Bills. Thank you. I hope. Unless they play Lamar. I hope he rips them to shreds. Good game. That would be. You You gotta beat the best to be the best. So I want Lamar to play the Bills. Give me Lamar. Now, if Lamar won, would you hate him and root against him in the Super no. Bowl? Okay. But I'm, but I'm not a big – I like Lamar Jackson. I'm not a big Ravens fan, though, because of my love for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get but that. But I like Lamar Jackson. Like, he is one of the best – he has my respect. I think he was, like, the fifth quarterback taken in his draft class, too. That's crazy. And the only one – here, let me let – Now, me... I will say, if we're talking about fantasy, I'm taking Josh Allen 100% over me Lamar. Me, too. He's the stats are there. He's the number one rated fantasy quarterback because he's just a throwing machine. Lamar Jackson gets a lot of his points with his legs. Yeah, I agree. Okay, quarterbacks taken over Lamar Jackson Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Oh, God. Josh Allen, (laughs) Josh Rosen. And that's it. I'll vie for Josh Allen. It's not terrible to take Josh Allen. Like, it's not. Two it's great not. elite quarterbacks. Like yeah. I do think Josh Allen's still elite. He can I, get there again. He might not have been elite this year, but he could get there. Yeah, I still would probably take Josh Allen long term. Hundred percent. Because of durability. He's built um, better. Yeah. He is like the true definition of a Buffalo Bill. Like you, he'll mow over anybody. Yeah. Lamar's not going to do that. He'll no, just outrun you. Dude, he's just so fast. He's so good with his legs. He's it fast. is unbelievable. Like you see him like step back. He's so quick and then he's just gone. I like, would Josh take, Allen won't do that, but I would take Lamar Jackson in his prime over uh Michael Vick. I would have to agree. Which is saying something. Because I think before Lamar, Michael Vick was the greatest mobile quarterback of all time, at least for the two or three years where he was like at the top of his prime. I also think he was a little overrated in my opinion. Not before the whole off the field thing. Before the off the field thing. He was good, but he was just too talk too much talked about. It was just a little little it was, it was new. It was new. There was no quarterback like him till him. He's the first quarterback to ever run for a thousand yards. Like, there was nothing like him until he came around. And then people started to hate him because of what he did, and rightfully so. You know, he went to prison and served his time, and he came back to the NFL, and he was still pretty good when he came to the Eagles, but he wasn't like he was with the Falcons. With the Falcons, I would say he was now the second-best running quarterback of all time. And Lamar, there's a reason every record Lamar breaks, it's like Michael Vick's record. Like he until Lamar came along was really the He's only one, the only one of his kind. I think Lamar throws a prettier ball. Michael I still, Vick was a prick though. 
Yeah, of course. To do what he did with the dog. Yeah, of course. Of course. But I don't know. It should be a lot of fun watching the playoffs, though. I'll never forget when uh, that whole thing came out about him and the dog fights. They're like, hide your beagle, Vixen Eagle. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of like. It's like a morbid joke, but it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, you know, I do think very few people in the world have ever done something so egregious and then so quietly and so gracefully taken their punishment and then did better with their platform than Michael Vick. Cause yeah. now my, now Michael Vick like is the leader of like lots of charities that like lead to like good things for animals. Mm-hmm. And so I do think, you know, there are people who are going to never, ever, ever forgive them. And I understand, um, I don't I don't know if forget is the right word or forgive is the right word or forget. No, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They might forget. Well, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Forgive, but don't forget. That's how I feel. Yeah. I won't forget what he ever did. But like I think you could find a place for forgiveness and a Everybody lot of Everybody deserves a second chance, right? It's like Yeah, and he got it. He's perfect. Everybody's he's been, gonna make mistakes. Yeah, mistake was egregious. But he was also very young. I'm not making excuses. Horrible person for that. But like, I do think, I do think we need a little more forgiveness in the world sometimes. And Michael Vick, out of many people who have made similar mistakes, probably handled it. You know, okay, he went to prison. You didn't hear from him. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, you know, big into things that are charity work to go against some of the things that you know he got himself into trouble for so and you know he's out of prison and obviously came back to the nfl but he was here let's see he was suspended yeah it was a dog fighting investigation um then he he came back guilty on it yeah he came back to the eagles post nfl career um yeah, now oh, I didn't realize he's been on TV as a um analyst. Um Yeah. He also went through bankruptcy in his career. Michael Vick has a very interesting life. And obviously people have forgiven him because he wouldn't be on TV having the jobs he does and the platform he does now if people didn't. Yeah. Like I agree with you. It's horrible. But- 100% yeah, he's got all sorts of I'm looking right now, he's got all sorts of charities. Wow. And you know, sometimes guilt breeds giving is bread from guilt, which is totally true. But I don't know. But as far as football, I, I do think he's like he, there's a reason. Like with Justin Fields, Michael Vick got brought up. I think Michael Vick was trending on Twitter at one point last year because of something Justin Fields did. Um who probably is the second best running quarterback in the league right now, just in terms of like pure ability to run with the football as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It should be fun to watch the playoffs, though. I truly can't oh, wait. Oh, I can't wait. Truly can't wait. Next All right, week? Frank. It is time for the first video game corner. Hopefully you made this a little PS heavy, knowing where I'm at in life. But if you didn't, it's okay. If I'm sure there's a couple nods. It's of. Tough. There are some things I need to know, though, and that's why I wanted to do Frank's Video Game Corner for the first time in 2024. The floor is yours. 
Well, I'm probably, if there's specific questions you could ask me, I have a few things written down, but December to January is always a very slow period in the video game industry. Like, no matter what, like, website you go on, like, IGN's always slow, right? Because all the big games are released leading up to the holidays, so their games are sold just in time for the holidays, and they make a ton of extra money off of them. There's not a lot of news that comes out from December to January. It's like things really start picking up the beginning of February, but we, I do have some news. I mean, I'm sure you heard about how Steamboat Willie and Mickey Mouse, their copyright expired or whatever, so now there's like a Mickey Mouse horror game that's been announced. Um Nightmare Forge Games has announced it's called Infestation Origins. It's a new one to four player survival horror co-op game. And the the aim is to infuse nostalgia with Mickey Mouse, but mix it with a bit of terror. Um, it, it's a little weird, but we're going to see that a lot. We saw that with Winnie the Pooh when his copyright was up. They made like a horror movie, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. I mean, that stuff's going to happen with Mickey Mouse now. There's already movies in the works and stuff like that. There's a video game, a horror video game announced uh, that's going to be taking place too with Mickey Mouse. There are also, you might like this, um, there's also rumors about a Nintendo Switch 2 being announced this year which I fully think is going to happen because I heard those rumors well throughout 2023. I know it's coming. Um, so I'm expecting a big announcement from Nintendo. We're kind of due for a big Nintendo announcement, right? Like we're hearing all this stuff about PlayStation 5, Xbox. Nintendo's going to want to rival that. And I think they're going to, because they know like there's not going to be any plans for Xbox or PlayStation in 2024 to have like that extra console or like they're not going to have the Xbox Series X Pro or something come out. Nintendo might want to make a statement and release that big announcement by having like a Switch 2 announced this year. I could fully see that happen, happening. And what I thought was crazy, I don't think I told you this, but I know I told Joey this. GTA 6 is going to be so massive and require so much power that they already said that the Nintendo Switch 2 wouldn't be able to run it. And that console's not even out yet. It hasn't even been announced yet. And they're already saying that console would not be able to run GTA 6, which I thought was crazy. Like, of how powerful your your system needs to be to run Grand Theft Auto 6, that a console that hasn't even been announced yet wouldn't even be powerful. Like, how do we know it's not going to be powerful? That's like, just to me, that was just crazy news. And then also I thought it was cool because I know you got Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and you, you mentioned like you love that it's canon. Well, there's a game that Ubisoft's developing called Star Wars Outlaws. It was originally supposed to be released this year, early 2024, but it'll now be pushed back and released at the tail end of 2024. But the best part about this is it's going to be canon to the Star Wars storyline, and it takes place between episodes five and six. Just like Cal Kestis is canon, there's this girl named. Uh, K Vess, so she'll also be canon in Star Wars Outlaw. So that'll be cool. I love that they're making canon video games because it gets more people playing them. It's opening up people who might not have been video game players to playing video games because they want to get the most out of the Star Wars story. I love that. So other than that, I mean, it's it's a real dry spell right now in the video game world. If you have questions that I, I maybe can answer, throw them at me. Um, I. 
I'm still very new to the PlayStation game. I have like four hours logged into the Call of Duty, but tomorrow I'm gonna really like learn my console. Tomorrow I'm gonna dive in and I'll basically know everything I need to know. Like I will consider myself an expert of it by tomorrow because I have a couple clear um, things that I need to like learn, and I'm excited to do so. I also recommend not putting it on sleep mode. Um, just messes it up in the long run. Like it's not going to ruin your console, but it's just going to make like things buggy. Mm-hmm. I mean, still, the, you think after all this time since the Xbox One's been out and Sleep Mode's been a thing and the PlayStation Four and all that, it's like shit gets buggy and it's like you haven't fixed that in ten years. Like yeah. what's going? On? Like you have the feature for a reason, but then again, your brother made a good point. It's the same way with computers. Computers need to be shut down every once in a while too. It's like Sleep Mode's just not always the best thing and. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm going to make sure that I turn it off every time I know I'm not going to be using right. it for a while. Um, but, you know, if it's going to be an hour or something, I probably won't. Or yeah, if right. I need games downloading. That's, that's been a true. thing for me lately. Yep. Um, downloading all the games that I got. As quick as you can, you know. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to play. I'm happy that. Playing tomorrow. Uh, I'll play COD and Jedi. That's my plan for tomorrow. Campaign or online? For what? COD. Oh, online. It's I'll fun. probably I'll probably play the campaign at some point, but I heard it's real. Uh, it's short, mm-hmm. so I won't. I probably will dive into it on a day where I can. You really could beat it in one sitting. Yeah, which I probably could tomorrow. I just don't know if I want to spend my whole video game day doing that. Right, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the Devils don't play. I just I'll probably watch the Bruins play the Penguins, um, because that's an exciting matchup in my brain. But we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it though. I'll be seeing you, I believe. Tomorrow, yes, you will. Very, very cool, um, Frank. I think it's time for you to recap what went on in 2023. And look ahead to what's coming up with this segment in 2024 in America's favorite podcast segment of the week. Breaking bets. Where's my money? Bit. Well, this is the first breaking bets of 2024. So here's the recap of 2023 VP. Not great. 156 picks deep. That's crazy that I did it the whole year, right? I kept track of it the whole year. I'm going to do it again. It was a lot of fun. Here are the final records um, for all the sports leagues that we we dove into. Um, but – the one thing to take away from, because I'm going to be keeping track of the win loss in units for the whole year. Can I make one comment? Go ahead. Being zero and one in the CFL, just very funny. I, it was like I had to. That <laughs> you got the one. Was... You got the one wrong, and you were like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> there was literally there was like no hockey, no base. There was like no nothing. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I was like, very All right. funny. Uh, maybe there'll be more CFL in 2024. Not based on that record. Hey, I was one in three in the NFL, and we bounced back extremely well. Yep, yep. 
going up five games above 500 and that that that's pretty good and your um, win was the super bowl yeah that's objectively funny <laughs> um but we're Corey, we didn't keep track of the units for the entire year. We only did since October 11th, and we were ahead. If you followed every single one of my picks, taking the size of the units the way I said, you ended from October 11th through the end of the year ahead. So I cannot wait to see what that brings in 2024, keeping track of it for the entire year. We'll see what happens, but I'm excited about it. So without any further ado, I'm going to start off with the Devils and the Capitals tonight. Only two hockey games tonight. Vinny's got the <laughs> smirk on his face. The last time I gave a pick involving the Devils, it was against the Devils, but tonight. I'm and what happened? And the Devils won. Tonight, VP, I'm taking the Devils' money line. Money line's a bit heavy at minus 155, but we're going to bet to win three units. We're going to kick off 2024 with the Devils' win here. The New Jersey Devils are on a bit of a roll. They hit a bit of a roadblock when they played the Bruins this last time. But this is a great spot for the Devils to pick up from right where they left off before that Bruins game and really make a push during the second half of the NHL season for a playoff spot. Charlie Lindgren has already announced to be sitting Tuesday's game yesterday against the Penguins and tonight's game against the Devils. Kemper played last night. So are they going to roll with him in back-to-back games? Or are they going to give Hunter Shepard the start? Now, VP, you may remember, Hunter Shepard did beat the Devils once this year back in October. So they're probably going to give Shepard the start here. But take it with a grain of salt because he did give up four goals. It was early on in the season, and he really didn't look that great at all in that game. Devils will seek revenge on Shepard and get their first win against the Capitals this year. Uh, Devil's money line minus 155 bet to win three units. My second pick, another game I cannot, I'm jacked for VP. It's the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. We're taking the Bills money line at minus 166 bet to win five units. We're going large. If the Bills win, they win the division and they make the playoffs. If they lose, they're eliminated from postseason contention. This is a massive game for the Bills, more so than the Dolphins. Like, of course. The Dolphins want to win to win the division. But if they lose, they're still in the playoff. They already clinched a playoff spot. Now, I haven't loved what I've seen out of the Dolphins' defense all year. And they really struggle against top teams in the NFL, not named the Cowboys. So the Dolphins are in a playoff spot no matter what. Give me the Bills to take this game and win the AFC East. I'm pulling for them hard. I really think they're going to win. Please don't let me down, Josh Allen. This is a big game. And finally... How could I not include this game in the first breaking bets of 2024? We got the Washington Huskies facing off against the Michigan Wolverines. I'm going to take the Huskies plus four and a half at minus 110. Bet to win five units. I'm done doubting the Huskies. Both defenses are great, but I give the offense and quarterback edge to Washington. I've seen Washington carve up some of the best teams in the nation. We talked about how we both thought they were going to lose to Oregon both times they played them. I believe they could do it once more. They could carve up Michigan. Michigan looks shaky against Alabama, and even if the Huskies don't end up winning this game, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to cover a a four-and-a-half-point spread. That's a lot. Hopefully we're in for just as good as a treat that we got from both semifinal games. But Huskies plus four-and-a-half, minus 110, five units. First breaking bet 2024 is... 
complete. I don't think the Bills are automatically out if they lose. I heard if it, they lose, they're out. If they win, they're no, out. No, there are scenarios where they could get in even if they lose. It'd have to be something crazy. Miami already clinched a playoff spot. That I knew. Win or lose, they're in. That is Sunday night football, right? Oh, yeah. Last game of the season. It's the There's last a game. better way to end the season than that game. So they will know if it's win or go home by the time it's kickoff. For sure, no matter what, if they win, win they're in. If they win, they're in as the two seed. <laughs> yeah, they win the division, yeah. Yeah. Isn't um, that crazy? Yeah. How bad they were. They could be the two seed. Yeah. But here. This is from CBS Sports. Who's the author? Shana McCarriston. The Buffalo Bills have two very different possible fates as we head into the regular season. One option is that they could end up with a number two seed in the AFC and could have a home game to kick off the playoffs. Another scenario puts them at home next week, but it would be at home on their couch watching the other team's as they sit eliminated. If the 10 and 6 Bills defeat the 11 and 5 Dolphins in week 18, they will not only make the playoffs but they will be the AFC East champions. If they lose, they will rely on what happens with both the Pittsburgh Steelers and Jacksonville Jaguars as well as the Houston Texans game against the Indianapolis Colts. For the Bills to be eliminated from the playoffs, a few things need to happen. First, the 9 and 7 Steelers need to defeat the Baltimore Ravens who are currently 13 and 3 and have secured the number 1 seed. While that may seem like a reach, the Ravens will likely be resting many starters for much of it, if not the entire game. Baltimore is coming off a 56 to 19 win over the Dolphins. Since this article has been written, we have found out that Lamar Jackson is being benched in favor of Tyler Huntley in addition to other starters on the Baltimore Ravens. Well, of course. The 9-7 and seven Jaguars would also need to defeat the Tennessee Titans, who stand at 5-11. and 11. The Jags are coming off a 26 to nothing win over the Panthers, while the Titans are coming off a 26-3 loss to the Texans. The third piece of the puzzle is the Texans-Colts game cannot end in a tie. <laughs> the winner does not matter, but someone must win when they face off. So it's like Buffalo's making the playoffs. You would think. I don't. But I think they're. I think. I think they're going to win. That's a. They're not even if they clinch the playoff spot. Neither team is resting their players because they want to win the division. Yeah, I literally can't wait. I am so excited for Sunday night football. You couldn't have a better way to end the season. There's not another matchup I'd rather see right now. With implications on the line, then yes, me too. Like me too. they they flexed it perfectly. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And Frank, I like your bets. I hope this year is a very fruitful one for everybody that follows you. Um, very very good stuff. Now, before we get out of here, is there anything you got to get off your chest? Uh, listen, Joey Parisi. Sorry, I'm late, but at least I didn't. Where this is breaking bets. He picked <laughs> one bet in the NFL, and that's just what we happen to be talking about. Like, what are you talking about? This is pro. Like, you just make no sense. We talked about video games for ten minutes. Like, we stopped talking about football for a while, and then your one bet had to do with Sunday Night Football. Unreal, this right. guy. I'm we'll see if I get an invite to wherever you go for food tomorrow. Wow. Wow. Now, 
kidding. You, you're more than welcome. It's not up to I me. I hate both of you. What do you mean? I'm excited <laughs> to play my video games. I don't need you. You're I don't three, need you. You're point three KD. My point three KD. No, even though I've let I've let both Joey and I's girlfriend play. And oh, I you watched... played Cod already? Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, good. I... Frank, I'm good. I don't know why. I'm not that good at Cod, but I'm I'm good at this one. Like every game I play, I'm well over one. It's crazy. I've never been this good at Cod. I don't know if it's the game. I don't know if it's just me pwning Christmas noobs. Like, I, I'm a Christmas noob, too. I literally got it for Christmas. But, like, I've been playing COD for 10 years. So maybe I'm a better Christmas noob than the other Christmas noobs. But, like, I was good every game I played. Now, I watched. I'm not going to out which girlfriend it was, but I did watch one of them go one and nine. So, like, my KD's probably not great because other people have played it, which is fine. I don't care at all. But, like, when, I play, KD. when I play, I'm good. It's about but- winning. I care way more about winning. I I do skill. <laughs> Joey said skill based matchmaking finally working out for someone. Um, I I wish Chubb I wish Chubbs was still here. That is that is how you trash talk. That is funny. that is how you trash talk, Joey, Joey. What Joey just said right there is how you trash. Talk. Joey brings up a good point. I have to tell the viewers about Cherry Citrus Mountain Dew. I had Uh-oh. it. It oh. was like it was life changing. Honestly, it was the best do I've ever tried. It wasn't recency bias because we've tried 30 of them and none were able to top Baja Blast. Which is celebrating this, which is celebrating its 20-year anniversary and is starting out all year, starting it? now. Is it really? It'll be in stores all year this year, not just the summer. Very interesting to hear that. But Cherry Citrus, it's called Game Fuel. So it's catered towards gamers. They did something right because if I'm playing Call of Duty, if I'm grinding whatever game I'm playing, that's the perfect do to have. Like if you had both bottles of Baja and Cherry Citrus next to each other, I'm choosing Cherry Citrus every time. You is are such funny? a gamer. Yeah, you are such a gamer. Is it's that so funny? funny? It is so funny. But it's so oh my true. God. And I'm not the only one. Like, I'm surprised Joey had it at two. I thought I was overreacting of how good I liked it. But to know that it's his second favorite do, it's like everybody likes it. It's G's number one now, too. It is so good. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here's what I'm going to do. Tomorrow, you tried I, it, right? Or yeah, you only but yeah, I only I, I tried both, but I only had a sip, and I really liked it. Here's what I'm going to do. Since it's called Gamer Fuel. I don't know if you know this about. You probably Game would Fuel, assume BP. this. You probably would assume this. I have never in my life spent my own money on a pop that wasn't plain cola. I have never in my life spent money and got anything other than cola. Not diet cola, regular cola. It's either RC, Pepsi, or Coke, and then every now and then a cherry version of one of those. And I'm talking every now and then. But I've never not gotten plain cola with my own money. I've drinking other people's Sprite. And other people's do and stuff like that. I have never spent my own I money. I, I could believe it, kind of. When I no, I, there's no kind of. I like I I don't like anything else really except a couple Mountain That's Dew fair. flavors. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna get me a cherry citrus tomorrow, it and I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it while playing my video games. 
It's I gamer have. fuel, and it's going to fuel me tomorrow. I will post pictures on social media. I would have never guessed it would have been that good. I mean, I'm pretty sure we were like, do we even try the game fuel? Because it's not like the Mountain Dew. One. Like, But it is. It's a brand of Mountain Dew. It's like, yeah. It's not like... Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to give a good example of like, it's not like rain and then you have rainstorm. It's like, it's like its own. I, it's I don't like know. an entirely different drink. Yeah, but it's still Mountain Dew. It's yeah. just a slightly different name. It's still in the Mountain Dew family. So of course we tried it and it's like unreal. Very I couldn't good. believe it. I couldn't believe it. Very good. Are you oh, get that's, more of it? that's what I was thinking of, Jay. It's not like Mountain Dew Kickstart. Mountain oh. Dew kickstarts its like own thing. This is still, even though it's Game Fuel, it's still Mountain Dew. Yeah. So. Yeah, when are you I mean, When are you going to be having it next? Honestly, the next time I'm at the store, I'll probably buy it. I I wish they made it made it in zero because I would get it in zero because I like to try them in zero. But I think because it's a Game Fuel, I I don't think they ever will. I could be wrong. Do they only sell like the bottles of it, or can you get it in cans? That I don't know. I've only ever seen it in the bottles. Okay. Will you be able to get it 10 oh, years from now? Oh, actually, actually, I have seen it in cans at Jewel. Oh, I have, perfect. I have seen it in have cans. You, I haven't seen it in Zero Sugar. Ha, will you be able to get it in 10 years? I'm worried now. That's because they Because they filter these out. Like, you go to the store, a lot of the ones on our list that we've tried, we can't get. Okay. That's tough. I, I haven't seen Shark Bite, but then again, I haven't gone to Walmart, and I think that's a Walmart exclusive. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can though. But I'm pretty sure Game Fuel has been around, if I'm not mistaken, in the past. And I don't think these are the same flavors that they were in the past. So I'm I'm praying that they stay around. I'm hoping everybody liked them as much as we did, because if they get enough good feedback, they'll stick around, right? Isn't that how Baja mm -hmm. became a thing? Everybody loved Baja from Taco Bell, and now it's in stores. Yeah, that's true. So I'm hoping that's kind of what happened. Well, write your, write your tweets. Let them know that you love it. That's the only thing I could think of. And I will say I did complete my first gold gun in Modern Warfare 3. Wow, congrats. Very good. Excited. Maybe we'll just have a whole gamer period soon. And we'll like really dive into the nitty gritty of what we're doing lately. Um, Frank, this was an incredible show. I had a lot of fun doing it to everybody in the chat. Um, even Chubbs, even Joey. Hey, Chubbs um, says he loves you. He doesn't. Um, Travis Foster, we love you very much. Skokes, Tom, you guys are incredible. To everybody who didn't comment, but still we're here. Um, we love you. Um, almost as much as Chubbs loves me. Um, it's been a good time. Very, very good time. Can't wait for the weekend. Everybody enjoy. Um, big week 18, a lot of backup quarterbacks, a lot of teams resting their guys, but a lot of scenarios where teams are going to be going all out, especially Sunday night football between the bills and the dolphins. I literally cannot wait. It's going to be so great. Just saying, it's going to be so great. And, you know, the following week we'll be previewing Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be incredible. Very much looking forward to it. And then, of course, all the NHL action. You could follow at the King Bean and at Vinny Parisi on Twitter to keep up with us as we react to things going on in the NHL. Been so, so fun. And I can't wait to talk to everybody next week, 11 a.m. tomorrow, Crosstown Crosstalk. We'll see you then. As always, thank you for listening.